This is the Movie Hall of Fame, class of James Bond. For Thursday, September 30th, 2021, there he is on the other side of the Jitsi call. Yep. The money penny to my, uh, I don't know, Goldfinger. No, oh, I messed it up. You know, I had the good joke, and if I prepared it, what was your joke improvising be? it? What? What was your joke going to be? I just realized. No, it's like, uh, I'm so bad at improv. Yeah. I was gonna- <laughs> I'm such a hack. No, the <laughs> joke is the, gold, the, the pussy galore to my gold finger, and I just messed it up. Okay. That's okay, Nico. It's fine. Improv's hard to do. Why don't you I can't, compare these? You can't be good at everything. I know you're just, there's nothing wrong with Nico, but like, yeah, you know, you don't have to be great at everything like improv. <laughs> there he is, the pussy galore to my goldfinger, Adam Hall. Oh, hey. I'm the pussy galore? All right. All right. <laughs> All right, I'll take it. Um, I was worried you were going to go, uh, the blow fell to my James Bond, but I would have stopped you immediately because there's no fucking way that you're James Bond <laughs> in that situation. Absolutely, actually, in any situation. No, no, no. I was, but I was gonna make like comparisons. I was gonna like go down the list because neither of us are James Bond, but I would definitely be more James Bond than you. I think that's important. That is a bold, bold proclamation. Well, <laughs> I don't know about that one, my guy. Well, I think physically I'm more James Bond because I'm all muscle. But then I also right. have well, to. Well, you're you're ripped. <laughs> you're a shredded man. I'm a shredded individual. No, but it, <laughs> in all seriousness, uh, you're I got short. The, I'm short. Yes, yes. Like Timothy Dalton, I'm short. Um, Yo, you. Okay, if you I, were a Bond, I would say that you are Dalton. I, I'm cool Although with that. Craig is kind of short himself. Now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. There, there. I well. Yeah, I guess that's true. Timothy Dalton's like James the Bond's height here. Now. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> Timothy Dalton just felt short to me. I don't know why. I mean, these are just the questions that you have to ask yourselves. You know what I mean? Uh, we're we're bringing the 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 real the real juice. To oh the yeah, Bond conversation this week. Talking about height. No one's ever talked about this before. In the books, James Bond was six feet tall. All right. Um, so who is, uh, six feet tall in real life? Well, I'm definitely closer to that than you are. Sure. Um, man. Uh, let's see. The tallest James Bond actor was Sean Connery, six foot two inches. Gives off tall guy energy too, is the important thing. Yes. Which I guess we'll talk about, but sure. yes, I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Second, believe it or not, David Niven. In Casino Royale, the original Casino oh Royale. Oh, my God. Parody film. Oh, I was like, wait a second. David fucking Niven. Uh, five feet, 11 inches. Actually, I, these, this is not in order. I'm just reading this uh, in chronological. Uh, Lazenby is 6'2". Wow. Uh, Roger Moore is 6'1". Oh, they all, all, they're really tall, these guys. Dalton's 6'2". Really? Oh, but I with, did not get that impression at all. With short guy energy. Yes, I agree. What about Brosnan? Brosnan 6'2". Holy g- wow. Wow. Okay. We and then Craig 510. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. That's decent. So I think by that metric I'm closer. What? Just because I may of not height? have killed more people. So maybe that would <laughs> Well, we got to go down the list here. First of all, I have black yeah. hair. Something you do not have. It's you don't point. have the black hair. It's I have point. a more pronounced jawline than you do. <laughs> 
Go on. Um, how many vodka martinis have you had in your lifetime? Because uh, I've had many. I've had zero. Ah. Uh, love I'm life. We're gonna skip. We're gonna skip right over love life. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If you think you're in the bond category in, in that conversation, <laughs> let's be. Come on. Well, you know. Take it easy. Well. Take it easy there, fucking we're, goldfinger. We're comp- <laughs> We're, we're, hey, we're, we're relax, Mr. Pussy. I, <laughs> you know it. Uh, I, I am convinced the one thing you have over me is that you're better at poker and blackjack than I am. So there is that. But at least I've played both. You know, certainly I know. Correct. I know what. Certainly the, correct. I'll give you that. Listen, but, I don't give Bond vibes in any area of life. No. But maybe cards. I, maybe I cards. walk into the room. No. At the poker table, hella bond energy. Okay. I think it's where I'm at my most fuckable. All right. <laughs> I think so. I think you know me what? with some shades on at it like a at a back room <laughs> tavern in the middle of South Dakota playing dealer's choice poker. I, I don't think you can get any more attractive than that with this body. That's you know fair. How many how many women were there though? Zero. That's the only problem. <laughs> That's the only problem when you play at the shady backroom games that I play at is that women don't generally frequent them. Oh, that's too bad. It's that's mostly bad. like fat dudes in their 50s. But yeah, right. again, compared to them, I'm I'm Roger Moore. You know what I mean? I, I can see it. And you know what? I, I, I think I, I'll give you the win on this one, Nico. You definitely get you have that bondism over me. I give you that. Uh, I've definitely shot more guns than you. Definitely. Yeah, that's a good point. And. The real, the real winner here. I have been to MI6. Oh! I have been to MI6. I've been to Key West. Does that count? <laughs> I've been to the Hemingway house. <laughs> it was so cool re- watching that movie. I'm like, oh, I was just there like two months ago. <laughs> Is that where they were? <laughs> yeah, at the Hemingway house in Key West. Oh, that's neat. <laughs> I was just hanging out on that balcony. As as cool as that is, you know, it's it doesn't scream Bond the way MI6 does. Just no, be honest. Not just quite. be honest. I don't think that movie really screams Bond in the way that the <laughs> we'll other get ones to that. do. Um, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. yeah, okay, fair enough. Okay. I get you. All right, congratulations to the Bond of the group, I suppose. <laughs> Congrats, 007. I just wanted to be labeled the Bond of the pod. Even okay. though I'm not Bond Pod. in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> James Pod. <laughs> change your name to oh, James no. Pod. Oh, God, I hate that so much. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, we are talking James Bond today because just a week from today, a new James Bond film will be released in theaters all across the country. Nay, the world! Yep. Uh, the premiere was uh, just a few days ago in, in Los Angeles, um, and yes, there was, was also a London premiere, too. The royal family was in attendance. Um, and yeah, it's going to be the final Craig movie. Are you excited about this new Bond film, Adam? Uh, sort of. Yeah. Sort of. I don't know why. I'm kind of muted on it. And maybe it's just because, like, maybe I, I need, like... I. When I'm hearing about a Bond movie come out and I see the trailers, I need it immediately. Whereas, like, I f- th- my excitement for that has dwindled significantly since the pandemic hit. Yes. And, I, yeah, I, I'm not, like, I, lo- I really like James Bond. I'm not, like, a Bond fan in, in like, the, in the way that I am, like, Christ, I, I don't know, like a Mad Max fan or something like that. Yeah. You know, it, it's not the, I don't know, it, 
maybe it's just because I know we're going to get more Bond films. That's helpful. You know, and a Bond is sort of a, a fairly regular thing. I've seen very a, a lot of them. You know, it's not the same thing with like Dune where it's like I'm I can't sleep at night. So well, you're getting one in your life. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little bit different. <laughs> yeah. The thing about these movies, I, I was really having a, a long think about this because I saw some of like the photos and the press junket stuff from the premiere. And I saw obviously the royal family was there. Right. And they're watching this movie. And Rami Malek is on the red carpet talking about oh, how no. much of an honor it was for him to be invited to do this movie. He's like, there is no greater like cinematic achievement. There's no more iconic franchise. There's nothing that means more to the fabric of world cinema than James Bond. And he's going on and on about all of this. And I'm like, all right, I guess that makes sense. And as I started doing research for this podcast and as I watched some of these old Bond movies that I had not watched before, mm. I was like, are, are we sure, Ravi? <laughs> like, I like... Okay, there are hardcore James Bond fans. Our friend Zach is a huge James Bond yes. fan. He's seen all of them multiple times. And, uh, you know, most of my significant James Bond conversations have been with Zach. Um, mm. But I think it's kind of easy to forget that most of these movies fucking blow. Like, <laughs> most of them suck. Let's not pretend otherwise, right? These were the original, like, disposable franchise movies that were made out of these paperback novels that were published in the 50s. Like, we're not talking, you know, uh, Tolkien here. We're not talking, no, like, Sherlock no. Holmes. These are paperback spy novels that were written in the 50s. Ian Fleming died like 10 years after he wrote them. They were quickly rushed into production and they did well, but there were like, you know, two Bond movies that came out in 1963. Like they shot like, you know, Goldfinger and um, and and uh, uh, From Russia With Love, like back to back. Like there's a lot of Bond movies and most of them are not very good. And <laughs> Like, it, it's kind of weird to me that now the royal, whatever you want to say about the royal family, that they're going to screenings of this. And it's like, <laughs> this is, you know, th this is the biggest cinematic, you know, international event of the last six years since the last Bond movie, you know? So I, I don't know. I feel like they are not this sort of, it's not Star Wars, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I will. There's definitely. Uh, James Bond has never reached the height of Star Wars, but there's definitely more good James Bond movies than there are Star Wars movies. Fair for enough. Sure. But that's a little bit different when you have 25 Bond films and nine Star Wars films. That being said, I don't know if the lows for James Bond are nearly as low as the Star Wars films. Maybe not. It's um, tough. Yeah, maybe not. I, I just... I don't know. Star Wars is a series that started with two classic films and they are like sort of quintessential American movies and the rest of the franchise has been chasing that. Whereas yeah. these, I feel like, started as, you know, a pretty formulaic spy franchise that eventually, eventually reached the heights of two classic movies. And not to like uh, blow our load too quickly here, so to speak, not to, you know... uh no, I won't make the uh, the pussy galore joke, uh, but like the Craig movies are much better than all the other Bond movies. You know, like it is insane to me. Like Goldfinger's great, whatever, and like there are other movies on this in this franchise that I really like, but <laughs> Casino Royale and Skyfall are definitively the two best in the series. Yes, and it's yeah. it, like it's kind of weird to me that it took them forty years to figure out that formula. <laughs> the other thing. It has been a very long time since the last Bond movie. Mm -hmm. It was 2015 when Spectre came out. 
Yeah. 2015, that's when we started doing um, Why Is This a Thing? It was, that is true. Octopussy yeah. was one of our first movies that we covered on there. We've had five Star Wars movies since the last <laughs> James Bond movie. Um, so I, I think I'm with you in that, you know, the delays kind of soured my taste for it. And, you know, this was supposed to come out last year and just kept getting pushed and pushed and pushed. And for a while, like Apple was going to buy it. We were going to be able to stream it uh, over like a random weekend. And now they're trying to gin up anticipation again. And it's like, dude, I saw the trailer for this thing like two years ago. Yes, 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 yes. Um, and I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm not a huge Bond guy, so maybe I'm the wrong guy to ask, but I don't sort of feel the same sort of uh, like anticipation or like sort of, uh, I, I, don't, I don't feel like this is an event. Like it's a major cinematic event. I feel like this is going to be oh. another movie that I'll go to a theater and enjoy, you know? I, I don't know. I don't know. It's not the event in the way that Star Wars is, but if you were to compile all film franchises, I would put this above... Uh, I would certainly put it in the likes of Marvel now. And now, I'm sure, by the way, that this but, movie, the upcoming movie, No Time to Die, will be better than most Star Wars movies. Yes. No, I, I, I to say it's not an event is I, is not true. I mean, I see plenty of people get excited for oh, these Oh, it's definitely films. not true. It's just for me. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it, like it's certainly an event and there's a certain weight and prestige to James Bond. I don't know. Maybe that's just because it's he's a fucking, you know, debonair Englishman with a gun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I like probably far more Bond films than you. I like every film on this list. So I do that. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I do too. Surprisingly so. And I, I, yeah, yeah, I've, I've, I've seen a, a, a bunch of them. So I, man, how best to talk about this though? I, I, I think you never know what you're going to get with a Bond film in terms of quality. That's certainly true. Even with the Craig films. I mean, I, I think. Pretty much all of these movies on this list are better than Quantum of Solace and Spectre. So. Uh, hard agree. Hard, yeah, hard, hard so, agree. And that's sort of the problem. Like, like maybe that's part of what makes them exciting in a way is like, is this going to be, is this going to be a, um, I don't know, a golden eye or is it going to be, you know, fucking Moonraker? You yeah, know, and, right. And in the case of like Spectre, you get something like Moonraker. I don't even, I mean, I know you don't give a shit about Spectre and I don't care for it, but it's whatever, you know, not yeah, the worst I, thing ever. No, cer- certainly not. And I don't think the, I don't know what the worst in this franchise is, if it's Die Another Day or it's Octopus. Die Another Day's full. Yeah, really wh- whichever one you want to, I mean, I haven't seen all of them. So I'll also say this, I, I, I'm not a James Bond historian, so take my opinion with a grain of salt. But I, I think the lowest of the lows are not as offensive as, say, Star Wars Episode Nine. Fair. <laughs> Die Another Day is worse than uh, Episode Nine. Okay, that's a tremendous dumpster fire piece of shit movie that should never have existed. Okay. Uh, I hate that movie, but that's this is one of those rare occasions where I like just oh god, I see it. I'm like, what did you what did you guys do here? It's just it's kind of embarrassing, you know. Yeah, but yeah, it. <laughs> It's, it's, it, you know, it's hard to not give any credence to a franchise that's been going on for 25 or not 25 entries rather, you know, mm-hmm. I do have some interest in franchises that continue and it's just part of a tradition, like a world tradition, you know, yeah. this is like England's Godzilla, I guess, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I do have a soft spot too for franchises that sort of pass the point of no return Yeah, in yeah, that yeah. they've, they've clearly milked their formula. So now they have to come up with interesting ways to reinvent themselves. 
Um, yeah. yeah. So, I, you know, I'm always in favor of the franchises that figure it out as they go. It's obviously why I love the Fast movies so much. And the mm-hmm. more formulaic they get, in my opinion, the worse that they get. And this is a franchise that has, you know, continuously sort of reinvented itself while keeping the iconography intact. Yes, which is what I love the most. Yeah, right. Which is the important thing. Um, I think it's benefited greatly from like the new sort of reboot culture, the dark, gritty reboot culture. Mm -hmm. Um, I think more than maybe any franchise. Because it's the most fitting for that, I think. Yeah. Personally, I would say. I mean, you can say Batman, but not really. It didn't. Batman's gotten. It didn't help the Snyder movies all that much. Mixed results, to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, those lows are really low. Not, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. So I think this this is the one franchise that, you know, yeah, I think, as you said, like, it felt fitting to the material. Like, in some ways, Batman was a goofy story that, you know, they sort of tried to make dark later on retroactively, because yep. ultimately it's about a guy in tights, whereas <laughs> these are spy movies and you know there is a long storied history of like dark spy thrillers and it it kind of felt like they finally felt the right tone they found that um that sweet spot at the end um Mm -hmm. but also it's a franchise that it doesn't really care about continuity all that much and that's That's another thing that i love yeah 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 that's one of the cooler and, and again more fun things about it you know i i you know it's 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 weird and it's kind of funny to trace that because you really can't do it. It's another reason why the Godzilla franchise is so fun for me because there's just no rhyme or reason for it. Uh, and here it's, it, again, it's just part of what's expected and why you can just kind of reinvent it as often as you can. And it's why you can go from something like Die Another Day to Casino Royale and, it, it, and everyone buys it. And that's very rare. I think a lot of franchises nowadays, if they don't follow a set continuity, it's like, you know, there's no way of them catching on. Or maybe not. See, the thing is, I don't even know if that's true. I just think studios would be worried that the, fran- that the property wouldn't catch on at this point. You know, they like that samey, samey quality, you know, which I I understand from a business perspective why you do that. But I don't know. I don't know. I I know I'm a broken record here, but we definitely want something new. Yeah, well, it's beyond samey, sameyness. It's it's a it's a business decision to get you to the next movie. That's the key, right? It's that each movie serves as a trailer for the following installment. Um, And that just, you know, wasn't the case in those original movies. Um, You know, there there is a there's a a big continuity error uh, in On Her Majesty's Secret Service when like Blofeld shows up and he doesn't recognize James Bond, even though in the previous movie, like him and James Bond had like a big showdown. Right. So did you you watch that one? uh, No, but I read all about it. Oh, I like that one. (laughs) That's uh, 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 freaking Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah. No, no. uh, uh, You Only Live Twice. Pleasance plays Blofeld. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, you know, continuity error there, continuity error um, with the Judy Dench M character. It's like, is she playing a new version of herself in these new Daniel Craig movies? Is it the same person? Like, and then you go back to the theory. Are these all just different people under the same code name, James Bond? And like, it doesn't seem like that's the case because like there's reference to Bond's marriage in uh, License to Kill. And, you know, there's all these gadgets that show up from the from Goldfinger and stuff in the spy who loved me. So, yeah, I, I don't it. And also you have like the same. Uh, actor playing M in all those original movies, Bernard Lee, and then uh, Desmond Llew- Llewellyn shows up as Q, and mm-hmm. Lois Maxwell shows up as Money Penny. So, uh, yeah, there, <laughs> they, there's they no rhyme or reason, man. and I love it. I, I I just love that. I, I'm a sucker for franchises like that. 
they they pick and choose. That's what it feels like. We're going to jump back to this era and maybe for this next one we're going to jump back to this era, but it's always the <laughs> It's always like the latest films too. It's not they're not remaking any one of them. It's just the next era of Bond films. What are they going to do? Are they going to be sequels to the last one that came out, or are they going to be sequels to the Sean Connery Bond, which is just insane to me? But like, whatever. <laughs> At this point, who cares? Who really cares? Do whatever you want, guys. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. By the way, this is this is an example of like if you bring James Bond to space, it makes a little more sense. A little more sense. It's the only time where it's like James Bond in space, and I'm not like, what? That's fucking stupid. You buy it more than Tyrese and Ludacris? Well, of course not. Completely authentic in that 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 gem of a movie. That's fucking Armstrong Aldrin right there. Ah, you know what I'm saying? Oh boy, oh boy. I still haven't taken the plunge on F9, by the way. So, um, yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Why have you taken the plunge to deep space F9? That's what I want to know. Are you still in on F9? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, man. (laughs) Dude, I'm so far. I'm so far up my own asshole with these fast movies. It's like I can't find my way out. You know what I mean? You're you're just delusional. I'm just trapped in here. Like I need a flashlight. (laughs) Like I'm, I'm really stuck far into my anal cavity. Oh God! I'm you're staying. Sorry there. for I'm that not, visual. I'm not going anywhere near that. Uh, <laughs> good luck, Nico. Uh, <laughs> I don't. For the record, I don't know how they're gonna redo this next one or what their next plans are because James Bond's totally dying in this next one. He's totally dying. You think? Yeah. Yeah. Really? They're gonna kill Bond? Yeah, they're killing Bond. You think so? It would make the most sense if 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 it's if any era is gonna kill James Bond, don't you think it would be the Daniel Craig era? You can't kill Bond. Yeah, they can, and they. They will. definitely made this movie though, because here's the thing: like the Broccoli's would have Daniel Craig back for five more movies if he wanted to do it. Sure. You know, so I feel like they might keep it open. Just maybe they can back up, you know, the, the dump truck of money. I heard outbid the Knives Out crowd. You know. Oh. <laughs> to bit outbid Ryan Johnson for another mystery. I don't know, man. I don't. It's the trend, though. Kill, kill your your childhood heroes. That's that's the that's what's in nowadays. James Bond is fucking dying. It's <laughs> a bold pick. They're not going to kill Bond. They're not yeah, killing they Bond. I'll t- I'll take Bond. your bet on that. You want you want you want to take a bet? All right, I'll, I'll bet. I'll bet. I like this one. I'll bet. I'll bet you a veto. Oh, okay. I'll bet you a veto. How many do you have? Two. <laughs> you have two vetoes? I have two vetoes that I'm holding on to. You've been hoarding two vetoes? I've been, I, I remember these vetoes too. Don't you Holy worry. Holy shit. What yep. is going on with your dog? Hear that, listeners? What's the matter with him? They're barking at some kind of animal outside. Oh my goodness. Nothing I can do about that. Let them out from the boiler room, Adam. Stop oh. abusing your dogs. Oh God! We they we, won you a big dog fight last week. All right, let them let them be free for a couple hours. Eh, we haven't kicked them enough. That's the real problem. We haven't been kicking our dogs enough. We it really them. A, it was a really impressive performance at my local backroom <laughs> casino. That was the halftime entertainment at the poker game. You know, is that what you do at your casino, Nico? You hit the broads and you fight dogs. <laughs> 
<laughs> Speaking of hitting broads, oh. Goldfinger. <laughs> Goldfinger. 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 He's the man, the man with the Midas touch. A spider's touch. Such a cold finger. 1964 is a gold finger directed by Guy Hamilton, starring Sean Connery, Gert. I love the name Gert. Gert Frobe. Frobe. Gert Frobe. Apparently, that guy was a Nazi. I was doing some research. What the fuck? He's a Nazi. You're Abe Froman, the sausage king of Chicago. Gert Frobe. Abe Froman. Frobe. <laughs> and Honor Blackman uh, star in what are Goldfinger. These, names? these are the actors in Goldfinger, man. Uh, <laughs> winner of Best Sound Effect at the Academy Awards. While investigating a gold magnate's smuggling, James Bond uncovers a plot to contaminate the Fort Knox Gold Reserve. Mm. This is the third movie in the James Bond franchise, following Dr. No and From Russia with Love. That's right. It has a budget equal to both of those movies combined. It was the most expensive <laughs> Bond movie at the time and did uh, appropriately well at the box office. Um, and I think is responsible for a lot of the iconography that we now associate closely with James Bond. Sure. Um, it's really the first time that Q is unleashed to his full potential and all of the mm-hmm. gadgets and technology started playing a major role in the franchise. Um, mm-hmm. It's the first one with like an iconic opening song. The idea of the yep. Bond song was really uh, calcified in this movie. Um, you know, you, you have uh, the villains like odd job uh you have the character pussy galore which is an actual character that was <laughs> named pussy galore um yep. and you know in in a movie that or in a series that i don't necessarily associate with like great character work um you know but rather great iconography this one nails the iconography and i think that's why it's considered sort of one of the best yeah i don't know if it's my favorite uh but yeah it's a it's a it's a pretty awesome movie you know one of the un- unfortunate things is what I'm what I'm going to find about talking about a lot of these movies is that I don't I don't have that much to say other than I just enjoyed my time with Bond and that's kind of that you know the iconography is what it is and it's fun and it's enjoyable enough and it's I like this as an action movie um, you know and I it's satisfying just to get all those Bond isms because the Bond isms are just inherently fun you know it, it's 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 about James Bond trying to stop a gold smuggler and that's that and it's occasionally funny and sean connery's endlessly charming okay let's talk connery yeah so i don't think these are the best movies but i i still contend that he is the best bond just because he sort of brings a levity and a like (laughs) you know a a sort of uh a, a performance that that that's winking at the audience without actively winking at the audience whereas that's what roger moore did roger moore literally turned to the camera broke the fourth (laughs) wall and would talk to the audience at times whereas connery is doing that while just being sean connery yes and um 
I mean, that's the thing about him. He's by far and away the most charming actor of all of them. He's by far and away the funniest actor of all of them. He's able to deliver lines in like quippy ways, but not like corny ways. I mean, nothing that he ever does feels corny, even though this is a movie with a character named Pussy Galore. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like there's a scene where like Goldfinger, the villain who like is evil superpowers that he like coats people with gold. And like suffocates them with gold paint. Like he like pulls open a a diorama of like Fort Knox. And it's like, this is where we're going to attack. You know, it's like the most like corny. It's like Dr. Evil. I mean, we're going to make maybe a couple of Austin Powers references throughout this podcast. But, you know, it's Dr. Evil just like showing you his evil plan and like easily, you know, in in easily understood like a visual package. Um, (laughs) Where did he get the time to install that? Why was he installed just for like one presentation the that's amount of very, detail put it to that di- diorama deta- yeah. <laughs> i thought the same thing like you you, you spent all this money to make a detailed diorama to show to people that you just end up killing <laughs> i love also, it also what's the evil laser machine for oh for like cutting through like like some of the gates at fort knox that was the idea because they use it later on the same laser just to cut through the doors uh, yeah but they definitely had that shit set up to like saw some motherfuckers in half well, they did. No, they had it set up to saw Bond in half, but nobody else. Right. That's the idea. They it did it. It's a, a very, yeah. it's an impromptu laser. You know, the the casual impromptu laser. There's many of them. Yeah. I mean, that's a great scene, but you look at it now and it's like, you know, Austin Powers, right? It's like, really? Like the villain is going to saw Bond in half with a laser. And it's an incredibly tense scene. It, I, I love mean, that it's still, scene. Yeah. I mean, it's still, yeah, and also the line, like. No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. Mm, it's, great line. It's, it's you know, one of the great lines in the whole franchise. Um, yeah. I, do you agree with the Connery thing? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, and, you know, I mean, there's, there's plenty of scenes to prove that. I don't know. There's like an above it all quality with him that I don't even know if he was going for, but it's just there. It's the, you know, kind of like what you said. I, I kind of agree that there's this perfect balance of humor and control with the character. You know, and maybe that's entirely the point. I could understand why someone would look at Connery and be frustrated by him just because he always seems like 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 he knows the room better than anybody. And he can He's always above see it all. There's an above it all quality yeah. to him. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah I, yeah, I agree with that. And I mean, in there are instances where I don't like characters like that. But Sean Connery is so damn charming and just just he just kind of works and inhabits this character so well that I don't really mind. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. Sometimes a, a character just got this perfect inherent quality where they were just suited. Uh, I don't know what you would say. They the casting couldn't have possibly been better. I can't really think of anyone who plays him better. I mean, that's proven for the next like forty years that no one's been able to do Bond quite as well as he has. So, yeah, I don't have. It, any it is th- kind of a curse too. I mean, th- th- that th- his shadow sort of haunts the rest of this franchise though because they keep casting people that are as charming as Connery and like. <laughs> In, but because Connery is not necessarily a traditional action hero. I mean, he's more of like a romantic lead in this. And that's because so many of the scenes involve him making love to women. But it, there's not a lot of like man that holds the gun qualities to him. He's not a Steve McQueen. He's not like a traditional no. Western actor. Right. Like I, he's, he's like a, a really sexy Irish guy or Scottish guy. <laughs> Scottish guy. Uh, Scottish? Scottish. Yeah. yeah. Scottish guy with like this incredible voice. Um, and just like this, this look to him, his, his face is like, 
I, I mean, there's just nobody like him. There's 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 no actor in the history of cinema that just like looks at absurd situations quite like he does. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know they 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 make I think the the defining character trait of James Bond his charm afterwards, and they keep casting guys that just can't get the job done. Whereas what they should have done, and they eventually figured this out, is you cast a handsome guy, right? And you cast a guy that can play the romantic lead, but you cast a guy that's good at action sequences. And that's what yeah. Daniel Craig is. He is a Jason Bourne type figure, right? He's a man that can hold the gun. Um, and the problem is they just wasted their time fucking getting, you know, Brosnan <laughs> who did Thomas crown affair and like, uh, you know, getting, uh, fucking, uh, uh, George Lazenby, who was literally a model, literally a yeah. model before he started as bond. Um, and they, they should have just found a Steve McQueen type to do this. Well, it's the only way to distinguish yourself, I guess, from that, because it's not, you know, because Sean Connery is such a specific actor, it's hard to capture that again. I mean, I would maybe argue it's impossible to capture that again. So in that sense, stick to the charm of Bond. But like you said, it's it's important to have someone that can maybe, I don't know, distinguish and carry that character on forward into something a little more maybe propulsive, which is exactly what they do. Yes. So, yeah, I agree with that, which is why I think Daniel Craig is like the, the obvious second choice for me, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not even close. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Not even I, I don't hate the other ones as much as you do. I mean, if, I, I don't hate all of them. On, there's only one bond that I just don't, I flat out don't care for. And it's not Pierce Brosnan. I'd be curious which one that is. Yeah. Yeah. There's, um, well, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Roger Ebert's favorite bond movie, Goldfinger. Which is fair. Uh, fair enough. Uh, you know, we get the evil henchman, we get the bond girl, we get, you know, all, all that stuff is, is set the mold. And once they found that formula, they didn't break from it. Uh, pussy galore, just, a, I mean, just a great character, um, yep. in the novels she's more like ambiguous, ambiguously lesbian. Oh, really? um, and like her whole I, flying troop there is like just a group of lesbians that like do evil things. And here, obviously, they have to sort of make her like the Bond girl character. Um, but I think she's just like an awesome villain. And I love that performance. Um, it's a very authentic pussy, performance, though. <laughs> the term pussy did describe vaginas in 1964, correct? Yes. Okay. That's why you get the line, I must be dreaming. <laughs> it's I must be line. dreaming. <laughs> I will admit, though, in terms of like the, uh, I don't know, the sexual uh, politics, not even sexual politics, just the um, the the scenes of intimacy. Yeah, <laughs> I am fine with, you know, James Bond saying, let the boys talk, smacks a girl's ass, or what, <laughs> what, whatever. I get it. It's the 60s. Um, the scene where he confronts or Pussy Galore confronts him and it leads to them having a nice little intimate the barn? moment. The barn. Yeah. <sighs> it what? was difficult, man. I was like, eh, I, you know, <laughs> I was <laughs> trying, <favorite>. but <laughs> I could, it, it, I'm sorry. It's a little, it's, it is a little much at this point in 2021. <laughs> oh, stop it. It is a little much. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> when she's like, aggressively pushing him up and he's just like slowly coming to kiss her face. I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> this is weird. 
It's rapey. Definitely. Definitely. It's rapey. very rapey. My favorite part of that scene is when the dudes with uh, like the other MI6 agents that are trying to keep tabs on him, they got like the mm. binoculars. They're like, let's go see what Jamesy's doing. <laughs> and, it's Felix. And they look. Oh, that is Felix. Okay. It's Felix. Yeah. Is Felix played by the same guy in all those movies? I don't know. No, no, no. A, a particular not, particularly not in uh, uh, the later ones. Like, well, you yeah, know License that, but, to Kill. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I, it might be. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't really get Felix, but we'll talk about that later. The the binoculars, he's like looking through it. He's like, oh, looks like he's walking. He's got everything under control. Bond's got it under control, like usual. It's like up top. Like that sort of boys club element is like, yeah, it's ridiculous. It is really ridiculous. But that's the thing about half this movie too. And, you know, I'll be honest with you. I, I can make an argument that from with Russia with love is better. Um but half of this movie is just Bond kind of hanging out with the villains. That's the thing, because Bond can never die, even though you think he's going to die in the upcoming movie. Uh, like, <laughs> villains will try to kill him, and then they'll fail, and then they'll just stop trying. Yeah, so like, I in love this, that. You know, like they do the laser thing, and it's like, now we have no interest in killing you anymore. We're just going to let you just, like, roam the grounds. <laughs> and if you get away, like, ah, you silly Bond, we're okay. I'll send odd job after you. But, like, it's half <laughs> of this movie is Bond just chilling with the villains, mm-hmm. you know, just, like, hanging out, talking shit. It's like, you're not going to get away <laughs> with this one. It's so bro isn't it? It is. They're, like, so Bond bro- just chills. Like, he just chills yeah. with bad guys all the time. I love it. I'm okay with it. Like it's in, it's insanely cliche, but you know, it <laughs> play into the cliche with with finesse, and it's fine. And yeah. if you you know you can't argue that th- this this Bond film in particular doesn't do that. I mean, my God, yeah, yeah. I I, I understand. Like to mo- <laughs> here's the thing: you show this movie to a lot of people now. I don't know how they're going to respond to it. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're a little bit different. But uh, yeah, I, I can't deny, like, even with those, you know, supposed dated elements, it's still, you know, a, 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 a really good chill time. And I guess w- when I first saw it, I was surprised that it wasn't as much of an action film as some of these other ones, too. Mm-hmm. It really is like, oh, God, I hate this one, but it's the more hangout Bond film. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I know. Sure. I- if cool there is that. such a thing. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Uh, yeah. There you go. Uh, this is my favorite quote of the movie. What is it? Uh, <laughs> there are some things that just aren't done, such as drinking Dom Perignon 53 <laughs> above the temperature of 38 degrees Fahrenheit. That's just as bad as listening to the Beatles without earmuffs. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Connery, dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's Goldfinger. By the way, we are doing one movie from each Bond actor. I don't know if we mentioned that. Yep. Yeah, is that no, not clear? Right. Yeah. Recovering them all, all of them. This is six bonds, six movies. Uh, so there we go. Should give us a good uh, sort of gauge of this franchise. Next up, 1969's On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Directed by Peter Hunt. 
In his directorial debut, uh, Peter Hunt was the editor of the previous Connery films, all of the Connery films, I believe. And uh, the Broccoli, or Albert Broccoli, I should say, was like, okay, you could just direct the next one then. I like okay. your stuff, kid. Uh, of course, stars George Lazenby as uh, as James Bond. Um, and I forgot to write down the synopsis, but there you go. It's a James Bond movie. Bond things happen. Uh, Bond things happen. There's a Bond villain. Blofeld is the Bond villain. And there's a, a virus that's going to, he's going to spread to the world to cause infertility and Bond has to stop him. Oh yeah. And he meets the love of his life. Diana Rigg is also in this movie. James Bond woos a mob boss's daughter and goes undercover to uncover the true reason for Ernst uh, Blofeld's uh, allergy research in the Swiss Alps involving beautiful women from around the world. Okay. I don't fully get the beautiful women thing, but whatever. Um, (laughs) What what do you mean you don't get the beautiful women thing? I I wasn't quite paying attention. What is he just testing... His stuff on these beautiful women. Is that the idea? Yeah, it's like these, the, the angels of death they're referred to in this movie. Yeah. And yeah, they, okay. uh, they, like Manchurian Candidate style, they're sort of unleashed on the public through okay. mind control to spread this disease. Okay, I see. Okay, okay, okay. So I wasn't, because, I wasn't, I got it, I got it. Because <laughs> Blofeld wants to like make people sick and kill them because he's evil and that's what evil people do. First Just time seeing it. Mine too, mine too. Um, this one has a reputation as being obviously the Lazenby movie, so kind of the black sheep, but also low key one of the better movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll read you some quotes from some uh, from famous filmmakers here. Uh, for me, there's no question that cinema, uh, cinematically, On Her Majesty's Secret Service is the best Bond film and the only one worth watching repeatedly for reasons other than pure entertainment. Shot to shot, this movie is beautiful in a way none of the other Bond films are. That is Mr. Steven Soderbergh. Another quote. What I liked about it uh, that we've tried to emulate in this film is that there's a tremendous balance in that movie of action and scale and romanticism and tragedy and emotion. That is Christopher Nolan talking about on Her Majesty's Secret Service in relation to Inception. Ah. His favorite Bond movie as well. Uh, yeah, this one's a weird one. So George Lazenby gets pulled in after Connery steps down. Connery, of course, is a huge movie star at this point, and he's, you know, just a box office draw, no matter what the name of the movie is. Um, and he steps away, and they bring in this guy, George Lazenby, who had not had a single acting credit... Is that right? A single acting credit until this movie. He was a model. He was a model that Albert Broccoli saw in a chocolate commercial. And they saw this chocolate commercial and they're like, (laughs) that's our guy. It's the look. Yeah, they bring it's really bizarre. Like, this is just not anything that would happen now at all. They bring him on. Uh, no prior acting credits. Apparently, the director Peter Hunt was not interested in like coaching George Lazenby at all. So, like, he had the assistant director do all the work. So the guy was just like up Shit's Creek with no paddle. Uh, and <laughs> like, I don't know. I think it's like a pretty bad performance. But otherwise, I kind of like the movie. It's really weird. What do you think? I don't mind his performance. It's it's fine. It's fine as Bond. You don't have to do that much to be a an okay-ish bond i suppose i don't know you need to have some command over your lines a slight tongue-in-cheek quality but i guess you need to know how to hold the gun he's not horrible um it's a great movie though 
It is really good. Yeah. It's really good. It's actually, yeah. it's, it takes, it's, it's too long. It takes a little, yeah. it also takes a little too long to get going. Mm-hmm. But once it does, oh my God, I can watch this movie for the editing alone. And it's, it's a fucking blast. Like I haven't had this much fun watching a Bond film in a very long time. Kind of hit me. Yeah. Off guard as well. It, you can kind of tell that an editor made it. Yeah. Even if the edit, you know, the editing is one thing, but also the way that it was directed, the sort of shot selection, the use of fast motion and slow motion at certain moments. This is going to sound kind of like a stretch, but it reminded me like of a Nicholas Rogue movie at times. <laughs> Just oh, with, well, certainly with the action sequences, but yeah, I mean, you, all the pans and the zooms and the sort of like sporadic quality of it all. Um, you can tell that it was made by a guy that had a very specific edit in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does stuff visually that no other Bond movie had done until that point. And I would argue that they it Have does it done sense. Maybe not. No and man. Fucking Roger Deacon shot one of these things. And it's like, I'm not sure that they ever got to be as ambitious as this one. No, that's the thing that caught me so off guard. I was like, whoa, they're getting creative with the camera here. I didn't expect that. And it's not even in a cheesy way. Like, I mean, there's a few shots that are kind of silly, but for the most part, every one of these crazy decisions behind the camera kind of works when it chooses to get to the point where it feels more like a Bond film. Like I said, I mean, the first half of the film is like standard, like, 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 uh, like spy investigative stuff. And, but then when they get to the fortress, it's just this sort of extravaganza of like, like again, just action and stunts and pyrotechnics and, and just incredible set pieces, amazing Vista work. I mean, everything about this film from a technical standpoint is kind of remarkable. And the yeah, avalanche was, dude, the avalanche, the avalanche? unbelievable. Holy yeah. shit. The skiing scenes are just thrilling. Everything involving like so, anything going fast, and that includes the car chases. It's just stressful. I was like biting my nails in the toboggan scene. By the way, mm. that shit's nuts. It's crazy, and God, I feel so bad for those stuntmen. But they're doing a lot of wacky and dangerous shit in this movie. Yeah, it's awesome, man. Like I actually think this is a pretty awesome movie. I I totally agree with you. Um, you know, Blofeld's here. He's a good villain. Um, it, it's usually- is pretty good. Yeah. yeah I, I like Telly Savalas as Blofeld, um, you know, I, although the motivations are kind of whatever, but you're hundred percent right. The, the filmmaking decisions are, are really ambitious. There is some of that corniness at first. And I, I agree with you. It really gets going in the second half because mm-hmm. you start with what I think is kind of like a cringe opening scene where Lazenby turns to the camera and is like, this never happened to the other fellow. Yeah, I know. Like, you know, this is for the Roger Moore era. This is this shouldn't, you know, be indicative of like the Connery era. Um, but yeah, that that to me kind of felt like, oh god, we're we're this is just going to be a corny like, uh, you know, not even a parody, but like a a, a bad imitation mm-hmm. of a Bond movie. Um, and then also you have this weird setup. It's it's really bizarre. It's like James Bond has sex with this woman. And then her father is like, hey, I heard that you had sex with my daughter last yeah, night. Basically. And he's like, I, you know, she really needs a man to make love to her and <laughs> keep her in line. That's literally what he says in the movie. It's like, where are we going with this? Right. Like, it's like, OK, it's a little so, weird. Yeah. This mob boss is whoring out her, his daughter to, to bond. But then it turns into the most compelling sort of interpersonal story of this entire franchise. And it's not even close. Uh, well, it's not, you know, 
I agree for the, the there's one that I think is pretty compelling for different reasons, but it's close. It's up there. Would you are is it coming up later in this episode? No, unfortunately. Oh, okay. <laughs> there there is one for me in the in Skyfall, I think. Um Really? Oh yeah. I, really? Yeah. But okay. no, th- this to me is yeah, the it it, it turns in this really goofy setup turns into this pretty earnest, sad, yeah, tragic, tragic love story. Bond falls in love. Like what would happen if James Bond actually like had respect for women? Who <laughs> was not a misogynist pig, a dinosaur as they call him. Yeah. And actually fell in love. Um, <laughs> and he does. And they, well, spoiler alert, they do the thing and they kill off Mrs. Bond uh, after their wedding. And it's, and yeah, yeah, it's heartbreaking. And that's the ending of the movie. Ending of the movie. That's crazy. That's yeah. I was so impressed for the movie for going there. I can't stress that enough. It almost made the film for me. Like I liked the film up until that point, but that was kind of the moment where it's like, wow, you guys weren't kidding. You're an actual movie. Mm. Oh my god. I I love the commitment to that choice and just how perfect it is. Like it actually works. You actually feel so terrible for him. And this is the thing. It's like I kind of appreciate the performance in this moment and how pulled back it it actually is and i don't mind like the the seeing james bond in shock for a change i I really liked it man it was actually quite upsetting yeah yeah he like cries at the end of this movie how often do you see bond cry never it doesn't happen bond don't cry no it was probably have in common (laughs) that's right that's right boys don't cry adam i know (laughs) well yeah no well, <laughs> continue continue no i have nothing to say I, I i mean besides what we just said which is that this is the most tender bond film yep. and also the most sort of like uh g- who gives a fuck edgy bond film um and the only thing that's holding me back is uh, again this really mediocre george Lazenby performance um, maybe connery wouldn't do this kind of movie like maybe connery wouldn't do the scene at the end where he's crying yeah. after his wife died maybe they wouldn't have the courage to make this movie if they had connery under contract um you know so maybe they had to go in this radical direction because they thought that they had to so it's, possible, it's a yeah. yeah it's a real uh you know chicken or the egg situation i guess but what we got ultimately is like a really underrated movie um yes i agree and i was actually shocked because i when we talked about doing these uh a couple weeks ago we're like ah we can leave the lazenby movie off i think but uh yeah i actually think like it's it's pretty important that we talk about it yeah i agree yeah i I, and i think it's important for people to know how good it actually is you know yeah yeah it's not that bad it's not it's actually very very good it's very good yeah god i wish they just did it with connery but yeah, but it, it does yeah. have that, like, you know, that action star, I can't show vulnerability quality with someone like Connery. I I get it. I understand why they, they may have made those decisions, like, logistically from understanding an actor's strengths and maybe Connery's not best suited for that. I don't know. Hmm. It's possible. All right. There you go. Good movie. Really good one. Yep. Really good. Really like better good. better than Goldfinger? I don't know. There are things about it that I like better than Goldfinger. I might. It's close. I like him. I like him for different reasons, though. So that's the thing. It's hard to say. I don't know mm. if yeah. they're they're surprisingly close. Much closer than I thought they would be when I first started uh, 
uh, on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Agreed. Next up, 1977's The Spy Who Loved Me. Directed by Lewis Gilbert, starring Roger Moore as 007, Barbara Bach, uh, coincidentally enough, uh, not coincidentally, but just interestingly enough, married to Ringo Starr. Did you know that? No. Barbara Bach. Oh, Barbara Bach. Wow. Kurt Jurgens as Jaws. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I'm Kurt. sorry. No, no. Uh, Richard Keel as Jaws. Richard. Kurt Jurgens as the other guy with the shark. Uh, James Bond investigates the hijacking of British and Russian submarines carrying nuclear warheads with the help of a KGB agent whose lover he killed. Nominated for Best Art Direction, Best Original Song, and Best Original Score at the Oscars that year. Um, first time watching this one for me. Really? Oh, this is the first, probably the first Bond film I ever saw, I think. Really? Yeah, it's my childhood Bond, I would say. I'm just going to say this right now. I really like this one. Okay. I like it a lot. Oh, and, wow. Yeah, and it kind of hit me off guard because, you know, I haven't seen a lot of the Moors. Um, and I, I was never really a huge fan of, like, his smugness, right, um, in these movies. Or maybe smugness is the wrong word. But, yeah, there's sort of above-it-all quality of, of his performances. It, the way in he does Connery it. movies, I think it's charming, whereas in this one it's like, oh, Irritating. you... Yeah, I mean, you're you're doing David Niven, right? In Casino Royale. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, but here they rein it in. <laughs> they, uh, al- al- although again, there are some pretty corny sequences. Um, mm-hmm. There are some really good ones, really, really good set pieces in this. Oh yeah. The stuff in Egypt, tremendous. Yep. The stuff by the pyramids, the way that that's lit, the way that that's shot, the sequence of Jaws and Barbara Bach and and Bond uh, in like the that uh, I don't even know what you would call it. it's these ruins, but ruins, like, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But that sequence just in the middle of nowhere, fantastic, terrifying uh, too. By the way, I think Jaws is just oh, I love Jaws. Yeah, so, so Jaws is in this. We should mention who. Yeah, we should mention who Jaws is. Jaws is the evil henchman. Most villains in these movies have evil henchmen, and uh, his whole thing is that he has Jaws made of steel, mm-hmm. and so and he, bites people. <laughs> he bites people. <laughs> Two years after the movie Jaws came out, and I think it was in the books, right? Jaws was in the, so I don't think that they're related, but there is a Jaws, and I mean the Spielberg movie, um, like illusion in this. There's is like, there? Yeah, there's a scene where they're driving out of the the sea when they're in the submarine car, and then the car arrives on shore, and you have like those point of view shots of like the kids playing, and there's like the oh. dramatic music that's kind of the Jaws music. Yeah, that's I remember. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. So that's everything's right, kind of right. coming full circle, you know. And there's sharks uh-huh. in this one too, so it's like that. Uh, but uh, Jaws kind of has, and they bring Jaws back, I think, in Moonraker. Yep. Um, but he has this like Jason Voorhees quality to him. 
Mm-hmm. You know, he has like this slasher movie quality where the more that you try killing him, like you literally can throw him into a shark tank and he's going to bite the fucking shark to death. Yep. Like, <laughs> Which I shark love, has no way. chance. Yeah. It's the best. Um, but he's really good. Um, and, like the, the production design is excellent. The excellent. underwater lair. I mean, listen, underwater movies are dope. I don't need to defend myself. I don't need to explain myself any further than that. Fucking submarine movies and underwater movies. The ocean's awesome. All right. The, the ocean's seen, fucking lit. Why haven't you seen The Meg, though? Come on. You're missing out if you haven't seen The Meg. Yeah, I'll catch up when The Meg 2 comes out. <laughs> They're going to do a Meg 2. Oh, my God. Uh, when oh, Meg Double movie. G comes out. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, um, just, I mean, just great. Uh, like the, the, sure. Like the, 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 like the, the submarine boat is ridiculous and the yes. fucking underwater layer or the, like there's a giant ship. There's like a fucking cargo ship that they blow a hole into the bottom of and the ship doesn't sink. It just hangs out. It, it's like, it's, it's absurd. There's so much absurdity in this. There's a map at the end of this movie. It drove me nuts. What? There's a oh. radar map of two submarines but it's like a map of the globe and there's like these two submarines on the map and they show (laughs) these missiles getting fired at each other and i I don't even know how to explain this the (laughs) missiles launch vertically on the map so Mm -hmm. like it looks like the 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 path of the missile is going upward taking a little detour through like Greenland and then coming back down, landing on the other submarine, you know, even though it's a two dimensional map, <laughs> it's absurd. Like it's, it's absurd, but whatever. Um, it's a Daniel Craig, or not a, it's a Roger Moore movie. So like you can't complain. It's not a Daniel Craig movie. It's a Roger Moore movie. So you can't complain yeah. that much. Um, you know, there's a fucking scene when they're in Egypt, they go to the MI6 headquarters in Egypt and like M is there in like a, in in like a pyramid and there's like Mm -hmm. hieroglyphics on the wall and Q traveled over there and money pennies there and she's got like an Egyptian desk and it's like, you know, in John Wick where they have the continental and all the different countries. It's absurd. They turn into everything. That's the thing. They lean into all of it and they just, it is the, I think, platonic ideal of a Roger Moore Bond movie. Um, And that's my piece. I I really liked it a lot. Yes. Uh, I I, I like it quite a bit too. When I think of iconic Bond films, I actually think of this one, honestly. And I I mean, maybe that's just because of my my nostalgia, Jesus, my nostalgia for it. But at the same time, I feel like a lot of movies have copied this one, maybe even more so than GoldenEye in some respects. I mean, I've seen that lair so many times. I have seen these these particular like like ruined locations so many times in a Bond film. The sharks so many times in a Bond film. These hulking masses of um, of Bond villains more more so than even something like Odd Job. So. I don't know. There's just something about the look of this movie that feels more reminiscent of Bond the way I understand it. Um, that's not always for the better because it is an incredibly corny and stupid at times, but it's delightful and it doesn't really bother me at all. Um, it is one of the few Roger Moore films that I like because I don't like Roger Moore at all. Mm. I don't like him. He's by far my least favorite. That smugness is a wow. problem. Wow. I, I think he's annoying as hell. I don't I don't believe him as James Bond, to be f- perfectly frank. I mean, all the other ones, even with their flaws, I buy them as secret agent spies. 
this guy feels like I uh, like like I don't know, just some like English gentleman that they pulled off of Downton Abbey, and I want nothing to do with him. I yeah, I'm not a Roger Moore fan at all. I just don't think he works. I'll take him. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Give me Dalton. Give me Dalton. Wow. Yeah. I I don't feel that way. I definitely don't feel that way. I, this is actually yeah. Zach's favorite Bond. He loves Roger Moore. Wow. I don't get that at Isn't all. Isn't that crazy? He just, I just don't see it. I don't see it at all. And yeah. if anything, it's a problem because it, to me, he's just trying to copy what Connery's doing. Yeah, in a way, in a way, but he doesn't sell it. You know, I mean, he, that's a problem. Yeah. I mean, he's not as sexy and he's not as, you know, charming. And it, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get you. I, he kind of gives like department store mannequin vibes. Um, and that's, that's not good for, you know, your, your bond characters. You don't want to stiff, but look, they did what? Seven movies with him? Eight movies. Yeah, with I know. Him? I do. I, I like, see, even in the movies with him that I like, like I like man with a golden gun and I like, uh, uh, and I really like live and let die. But you know, the funny thing about it is that he's always my least favorite part. <laughs> yeah. Even yeah, in this one, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure he's my favorite part. I don't think he got in the way in this movie in the way that he did the other ones. Um, yes, I agree. You know, I, by the way, I, I also think Barbara Bach is ridiculously attractive, like insanely attractive. Could be the most attractive Bond girl. She's playing a Russian spy in this I don't know what that accent is, but it has got to be as far away from the country of Russia as humanly possible. Like, I don't know what the fuck she's doing with her accent there. And my response is, Nico, who cares? I, no, I don't care because I was not focused on the voice that much. But point being, two very attractive people with no chemistry on screen. And I think, you know, diametrically opposed with Diana Rigg, who is, you know, very good in that previous movie. Um, mm-hmm. And... There again, Lazenby is not the, is not the most charismatic guy in the world, but there is something there. There's some uh, pathos there. Here, it's just it's nothing. It's like two spies that kind of fall in love, but they also kind of hate each other, and it just never comes through. To me, this is purely a set piece movie. Yes, but I agree. It really does nail those set pieces. I mean, the scene where the they're in that van and Jaws is ripping apart that van oh, it's so as good. they're trying to drive away, that's high quality action stuff, man. That's like tactile action stuff that you would expect out of the Daniel Craig movies. But I'm not sure there are any action sequences that feel as real and visceral in those movies as that van sequence. I mean, mm-hmm. most of the new Bond movies have really pretty, elegantly shot action sequences, right? Or there are quiet moments like the the poker sequence. Um, I mean, that this is just like full just guns ablaze in action. The final <laughs> sequence in the submarine where shit's just blowing it's up. nuts, right? Uh, oh, my God. It's like th- this is... Yeah, this is what I this for to me is like the golden age of action, right? Like this is right before <laughs> the the eighties and nineties kind of destroyed action movies with like this really glossy sheen. Um this Isn't that to me weird, is like though? yeah, this is like the French connection of Bond movies to me. Does that make sense? <laughs> I kind of see what you mean. Because my, my opinion with like action of the eighties is that they hit their high point at the very beginning of the eighties. Yes. And then they lost it. And they didn't restart it again until the very end of the 80s into the very beginning of the 90s. And then they kind of lose it again. They always pick it up at the very end and the very beginning of an era. Same with The the Matrix. There's another one at the very end of an era. And then they have it and then they lose it completely in the 2000s. Oh, my God, do they lose it in the 2000s? 
That's an excellent point. Yeah, because action movies more, I mean, this is obviously the business, but action movies more than any other genre are easily imitated. Um, And it's very easy to produce imitations of popular movies. Like John Wick, it it is crazy how many bad John Wick ripoffs there have been in the last, what, five years? John Wick's not that old. The movie came out 2014. And think about all of the, like, like sort of... uh, like bluish uh you know like stunt like like really good stunt work but like really bad character work uh <laughs> like a lot of oneers like you know many of them directed by the same guys that made John Wick like you know the Charlize yeah. Theron uh, action movie and like there's so many John Wick imitators now that have not gotten to the levels of John Wick and the Matrix had a similar like just a ton of ripoffs and it was never as good as the original um Jason Bourne, you know, the Bourne identity, same sort of thing. Um, So, yeah, it it feels like a lot of times, like, once action has sort of been, uh, once once you sort of revolutionize action, you're stuck with 10 years of just bad imitators, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that's the reason why. It's possible, yeah, because I would agree. You know, Die Hard. Look what happened with Die Hard. Sure. Die Hard's another example. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I'm really surprised by this one. I, I did not okay. expect to like it nearly as much as I did. Um, and yeah, I mean, all the corniness aside, I mean, there's another skiing sequence in this and it's there really is. That's fucking right. yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. I, it is really good. A guy yeah, he, like you know, James Bond fucking skydives off a cliff. He skis off a cliff and then like, yeah, he parachutes to the bottom of the hill. It's crazy. You're entirely right, by the way. Like I, I think about, I didn't rewatch this movie, but I've seen it so many times. I do think, realize that it is more of the set piece film than it is anything like substantive. Yeah. You know, and I don't want to compare it to those movies because obviously that's not what it's going for. But if you're looking for something with a little more meat, then, you know, that's not really this. But if you want to have like a bonkers good time where it's like you don't feel bad about the stupid shit that's happening, like in Moonraker, then yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is it. Yeah, I do really enjoy this film. It's it hasn't aged a day for me, honestly. (laughs) Yeah. I do love too that James Bond studied marine biology before going to meet with the villain of this film. Who wins in a fight, James Bond or Batman, for how much shit they know? No, but the thing about Bond, he doesn't know it. I feel like, or maybe he does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you think Bond knows it? Do you think Bond's like a really good crammer? Yeah, I think he's a good crammer. I think so. Like I, think I would he argue just, the like, best. Yeah, he just crunches just encyclopedias for twelve hours before he goes on a mission. Because he's, he's supposed to be a meathead until he reads a book and somehow he's read that encyclopedia within like five seconds. He must have like photographic memory or something. But that's one he's of my ge- favorite cliches in these Bond movies is that like the villain quizzes him and he knows everything about like the puff fish. It's ins- <laughs> That's right. The fucking puff fish. It's so stupid. <laughs> oh, but that's what you go to for this. That's what you go to these movies for. Like that is just great stupid shit, as I like to say. Great stupid shit. Yeah. Uh, all right, that is the spy who loved me. We haven't spent a lot of time talking about the theme songs to these movies. I actually like the spy who loved me theme quite a bit. What, what's your favorite Bond song? If you had to power rank them, what's like your top three? Mm. You know, <laughs> you might hate me. I really like Goldeneye. Really like Golden Eye. That's the Tina Turner one. Yeah, I really like it. You, I think you too wrote that song. Yeah, yeah, they did. I'm a fan of that one. I love Goldfinger. 
uh, you know, live and let die. It doesn't really count, in my opinion. I mean, it does, but it doesn't. Um, well, that's the best different. one. Why doesn't it count? It's different, though. I mean, I don't think of it as a Bond song is the thing. I'm talking about the ones where it's like, I think back to the movie, and I, I, whenever I listen to Live and Let Die, I, my mind simply does not go to that film. So it's hard for me to, you know, when I'm talking Bond songs, I want to recall the movie, and that's not the case. Skyfall's great. Skyfall is really good. I, I find those lyrics to be very corny, but I like the song. I think it's earwormy. So Diamonds Are Forever? Diamonds Are Forever? Diamonds Are Forever is good. I'm a big proponent of uh, You Know My Name by Chris Cornell, and I'm like the only yeah, one. Uh, but that I think is the I've, fucking most Adam thing I've ever heard. Yeah, it's a pretty, it, I find it to be the most, <laughs> maybe the more, more underrated song. So there, It's pretty good. I like it a lot. Thunderball is really good. Tom Jones. Uh, yeah, Tom Jones does. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that music really Tom good. Jones. That might. That's a good one. Yeah, honestly, I, if I had to be honest, I think my favorite is the is the weird one. It's the Chris Cornell one. I know I'm like the, oh, literally the only person so that thinks that. Adam, you're so you're so you, man. You're that's fine. So, listen, what do you want from me? Own it, man. Own it, my guy. That one and Goldfinger. You like the Jack White one for Quantum of Solace? No, I don't. I actually hate that one. I don't like it either. I really hate it. Die Another Day is maybe the worst. Uh, yeah. I really don't like the Sam uh, uh, Smith Oh, that one. one's... I, well, I don't like Sam Smith to begin with. Yeah. But it's, yeah, that... Yeah. Doesn't fit. This And this new Billie Eilish one sucks. I'm sorry. I haven't I'm heard just, it yet. It's It sounds like... Billie Eilish struggling to get air out like she always sounds like. Christ, what a stupid decision. Yeah, if I had to go underrated, I would say the Carly Simon one from Spy Who Loved Me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really good. It's really yeah, good. Yeah, that that's my favorite like deep cut. But yeah. then I, I then I probably go Live and Let Die, Skyfall, Diamonds Are Forever, like a normie, you know. That's you though, Nico. You always pick the obvious ones. You have to, right? And then no, Goldfinger at four, and then whatever, right? Yeah, I really like Goldfinger and GoldenEye. I think those are my other, t- my other yeah, two. The Madonna one is really bad from Die Another Day. That one's really Ugh. bad. I the, hate it. Like, I hate it. I really, really, really don't like it. Yeah, okay. All right, moving on. 
How was that? Good. Are you, you ever been to an Oktoberfest? No. So they have these things called Stein holding contests. Oh, I know what Steins are, but. Right. So they fill a Stein with beer and a bunch of people hold, you just hold it. And you have to keep your arm extended, uh, fully extended and like keep it 90 degrees from the ground as long as you can. And the last person like wins like a free Stein. And they fill us a Stein. Yeah. I love that. God, I, yeah, I, I, I would. Uh, it's great. It's one of those things where it's like, man, humanity has really run out of ideas. So what? <laughs> yes, of course we have. So what? It's all good. Let's fun. do it. I love. Yeah, exactly. It's good fun. I, I would love to go to that, actually. Yeah, we, could, we should go to Oktoberfest like this weekend or something or next weekend. They're all over the place. I've got a pretty booked weekend. You know what I mean. Sometime I've got a booked weekend, you know, you know. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, I can I can show you my heritage. Oh, your heritage? I don't know. Am I fitting to go to a German place? I'm Irish. I guess we don't have any issue with the Germans. I mean, no more than the rest of the world. I suppose that's true. Yeah. You know. <laughs> the ones I'm worried about are the Germans. <laughs> I don't know if you know anything about history. <laughs> For their enemy, they chose the world. And it was close. <laughs> the fucking best joke ever. Oh. You know, I saw a moth before and I just like, I think of the moth joke every time every a moth time. flies by me. Yeah. How can you not? Yeah. Uh, okay, so go with me on this. Might be a bit of a stretch. Uh... The Too Fast, Too Furious of the Bond franchise. Is that only because of the location? Location, drug cartel stuff, infiltrating undercover. Yes. Uh, you know, it, it, the, the sort of the drenched blue skies of Miami. They're not in Miami. They're in the Florida Keys. Um, yep. Yeah. And also, like, it's around the same time. It's not quite. It's like 10 years earlier. But it, it is... Uh, it definitely feels like a 90s action movie, this one. Yeah, closer. I, I mean, I, I'm sensing you really don't like this movie. Uh, not really, no. I think Dalton kind of sucks, if I'm being honest. Ooh. I kind of think he's a wet blanket. Yeah, I, like, eh. I think he has a weird-looking face, and it's like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> like, I just don't think like women would be drawn to a dude like that. He's kind of awkward. I, he kind of bumbles about. I don't like Dalton. I'm just going to say. I agree with that women wouldn't be drawn to him. However, I think he's the best actor to have played Bond. What? Yep. Really? I think his no. I think his performance is actually quite real and authentic, and I completely believe every move he makes. It's the only time where it's like, oh, you can act, bro. Oh, you're not just doing shtick like the other guys kind of were. This is like a performance, and it's a believable performance, and I really like his command and authority. While the look might not be perfect, um, he he sells it so well that I don't really care he sells like that persona that like hardened vendetta performance that you know this version of bond anyway this one of the darker ver- versions of bond that we've ever seen and kinda, i think even kind of even yeah. the, at that time for sure um but even the his look accommodates that well it's not like you know seeing roger moore in this performance like in, in this particular bond doesn't work at all there's no way they would have made that work and i yeah i i think um Timothy Dalton's tools are much more suited for uh, this version of the character for sure. I really like him as Bond. 
and I like this action movie. I think it, uh, it, as much as I enjoy it, and I do enjoy it a lot, and I enjoy it for, you know, how brutal it can sometimes be as a Bond film, it doesn't always feel like a Bond film. And that's the biggest takeaway. It's like, I, I don't know. It, it, not to say that it never feels like a Bond film. It still has elements of that familiarity to it. But there is something about it that's missing, and I don't quite know what that is. Maybe it's the location. Maybe it's the story. I don't. Maybe it's the the, the types of villains. You know, is it how the these... buddy cop element of it? There is that to it. Yeah, that, that's a good point too. Yeah, like, yeah. But Bond's always like a, a solo operator, right? So you know, yeah. you. And that's I think why the Felix character has not always worked for me. But maybe I haven't seen the like key Felix movies. Um, like yeah. I like he uh, his wife gets murdered and like he gets like really injured or you know, and. Uh, do I feel much? I mean, not really. I don't really buy it as sort of like an instigating event, nor do <laughs> I necessarily think that Bond needs to have a personal vendetta in order to achieve the mission or to just defeat the bad guys. Like, I, I, I never felt like he needed that propulsion other than like there's a bad guy or there's a world that needs saving. Um, <laughs> and so I guess like to me that didn't really, it, it didn't mean as much to me as maybe it does to the more hardcore Bond fans. I haven't seen the original Dalton movie either, so I yeah. don't know if there's any sort of carryover or continuation. Um, so I, I guess that is an inciting incident. Like the beginning of this with the wedding, they're in wedding suits and Felix is getting married and like they're do, going on one last mission with the DEA, but, but like there's like, like five minutes. Scene. Yeah. But five minutes before he, he's got to get to the altar. It's like, ugh. like this is just not bond shit. This is like, no, exactly. Fast and furious shit. This is like, <laughs> Oh, we're all look at all of our friends are gathering together at the church and quick. Are they going to make it in time? it's like we can just wait for the groom like that by the way one of the worst sort of like plot devices in all of movies is will he make it to the altar in time <laughs> yeah i know it's like no one's going anywhere no you know it just okay the worst thing that can happen is we lose the security deposit on the hall yeah big fucking what we can wait five minutes yes that opening's not very good it's bad it's not, but once they feed Felix to a shark, this is where I disagree with you. No. Okay. Yes, Bond would do this. <laughs> yes, this is an instigating reason for him to go after these people. Because for all intents and purposes, he thinks he's beaten them at the beginning of the movie. And then when he realizes he hasn't, that's doubly frustrating. And then to realize they have taken his friend, killed his wife, and fed him <laughs> to an animal... I'd be a little mad. I don't know. <laughs> no, I get you. I just don't feel like I need it. I get, well, I didn't feel like there was enough history with Felix. Whereas if Moneypenny was in peril, for example, or, you know, or if M was in peril, maybe I would feel it more. But this is just yeah. a me thing, I guess. Well, it's the Felix is supposed to be like his best friend throughout the series. And he does pop up frequently. Um, to your point, I don't know if they ever established Felix is the strong best friend, but then I haven't seen every single James Bond film. Maybe I'm missing a few instances. I'm sure Zach would have something to say about this. I'm sure he would. So, and this is one of those instances where it's sort of relying on past history for you to buy that moment as well. Not to, again, this, I, I say this all the fucking time, mutilate your fucking characters for us to feel something for them. <laughs> If 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 the starting point is is kind of weak and I don't have nearly as much context, at least go hard, okay? And they certainly Play do. them like the girls in Martyrs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
why'd you have to bring that up? Uh, Listen, you're the one that introduced me to it, right? I didn't introduce you to Martyrs. I thought you did. No, that was a kill me a thon. I wasn't even there. Oh. You fuck. Anyway. Have you <laughs> yes. seen Martyrs? You've seen Martyrs. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Who are you talking to? Have you seen all the movies we did on Kill Me a Thon? Of course I have. Oh, goodness. <laughs> on my own volition, I've seen them. Are we ever going to do a part two? Yeah. Will that be the final podcast we ever do? Maybe. Kill Me a Thon part two? <laughs> and I have selections, too. Could you imagine going out in a blaze of glory? There, with, dude, like, there's Solo. Some... <laughs> yeah, I've seen Solo. I have seen Solo. Uh, Fun movie. <laughs> D- delightful little movie, that Solo. I haven't know. listened to that show in, I guess, since I put it out seven years ago or whatever it's been. I, I don't imagine it's very good. Well, you it's it starts out great. And then you guys are so subhuman by the end. <laughs> and it's just like, what happened to our boys? It's like they came back from war. <laughs> they massacred my podcasters. <laughs> they called and massacred my hosts. <laughs> yep, that's right. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a weird descent, but I kind of enjoy it. I mm. have listened to it. Okay. So, I don't know, your misery was not wasted. Okay. That's Maybe good. it was. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Maybe the other was. six people that listened certainly feel the same way as you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so that's the things that I, I think I liked about the movie. I liked the setting. Um, I, I, I liked the fact that I just went to Key West and I saw like all the Key West shit. You know, that was kind of cool. I saw the like the lighthouse and the uh, you know all the establishing shots. It's like it hasn't changed that much in 30 years, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. I just like Florida movies in general. I think like Florida, specifically South Florida, is like a really cool place to set a movie. Um, and you know, just cause it, it gives you an aesthetic that is all too rare in action movies. Like very few action movies, especially these days have the courage to go so bright. And when you film Mm -hmm. in Miami, you have no choice, but to to go bright. I mean, look, these are not great TV shows, but look at the CSI franchise, right. And look at the difference between CSI New York and CSI Miami. And it's like, you know, one is just a sort of run of the mill basic, uh, like law and order ripoff and an, another one is sort of its own thing. And that's, you know, CSI Miami. It's, it, um, it's, it's a cool place to set a crime movie. Um, yes. and, and so I enjoyed that aspect of it for sure. Uh, but, and I like cartel movies too. Well, yeah, this is the, I mean, I kept thinking it's, it's, it's like lethal weapon meets Scarface meets bond and it's a weird cocktail, you know, no yes. pun intended. But yeah. yeah, it's it's fun. And I mean, I mean, Jesus Christ, the supporting roles are awesome. <laughs> like got a young Benicio. Benicio. Yeah, 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 yeah. The dude from Twin Peaks shows up. Uh, Big Ed. From yeah, Twin Big Peaks Ed. Big up. Ed. Yeah. Yeah. And he gets eaten as well. I loved he, it. He does. Dude, guys just be getting eaten out here. Yeah. Bond world. They'll, they'll feed them to the sharks. They must really feel people to the lions down there. <sighs> That's a good one. It's definitely affecting the snapple stats the bond universe you know like the the falling coconuts versus shark attacks you know that stat what are you talking about is that a snapple so like it, it's always like it's i i think snapple made it up because okay. my theory you know is that snapple just makes up fucking <laughs> fun facts basically. apparently apparently there's something like i i forgot what it was i, I think it was all the odd numbers are fake and all these right? numbers Something like that, yeah. So there also are fake facts. Sounds like another made-up fact. That's also true. 
right? Yes. I have double checked some of the facts and they're true. So they're not all fake. You've double checked them with who? With NASA? Like with Google. Okay. (laughs) Who's probably referencing Snapple as the the top reference. No, no. You ever go on Wikipedia and you hit like the references and it's like a picture of a Snapple bottle? (laughs) One of them was a math fact and I did the math and it turned out to be true. So there's that. There you go. There was a math one. The stat they always use, and it's been cited to me more times than you could believe, is that falling coconuts kill more people each year than sharks. That cannot be true. It's definitely not. It's definitely not. (laughs) Falling coconuts. (laughs) But in the James Bond universe, that's definitely not the case because, you know, people are just getting fed to them constantly. That's true. By the way, that's shark propaganda. The sharks are writing their own propaganda. (laughs) We don't eat people. The coconuts eat people. (laughs) The coconuts eat people. (laughs) All right. uh, Next up. We go to 1995. We really brushed over that one. What? What? Yeah, no, I like. I just, yeah, I like it. I just, I just want to say I really like the movie. (laughs) But I think Dalton blows. That's my opinion. That's that's my cinematic fucking Pauline Kale opinion. Or whatever. Fuck your Pauline Kale opinion. He's good. (laughs) 1995. What? Nothing. Go. Go. (laughs) 1995's Golden Eye. See reflections on the water. More than darkness in the depths. See him surface and never a shadow. On the wind, I feel his breath. Golden Eye found his weakness. Directed by Martin Campbell, starring Ooh. Pierce Brosnan, Sean Bean, Famke Jansen, and Dame Judi Dench as M. Her first appearance as M. Yeah. Uh, you also got some other like cool character actors in there. Alan Cumming shows up. Robbie Coltrane yeah. from Harry Potter shows up. Hagrid from Harry Potter. Uh, years after a friend and fellow double O agent is killed on a joint mission, a secret space-based weapons program known as GoldenEye is stolen. James Bond sets out to stop a Russian crime syndicate from using the weapon. Nominated for Best Special Effects and Best Sound at the Academy Awards. Uh, I know it as the inspiration for one of the great video games of all time. The N64 GoldenEye video game, which was a favorite of mine. Played it every time I went to my orthodontist office as a child because they were way out of date. They didn't buy (laughs) the new PlayStation. They just had a a fucking dusty old N64 sitting in the (laughs) waiting room and I used to play that shit till the the fucking till the orthodontist came out and uh, admonished me for my cavities. Ah, well that's okay. That's a great game. That's one of the great games of the GoldenEye game. One of the great shooters ever made. It's okay. <laughs> Fantastic game. Yes. Uh, and from uh, that point on, my, my fond memories end. <laughs> oh, really? So this was born the year that, or this was, this came out the year that we were born, 1995. So yep. I think 
for people of our generation, maybe a couple years older than our generation, certainly kids of the 90s, think of this as the Bond movie. Um, and they think of mm-hmm. Pierce Brosnan as the Bond. I, I think this is probably the first Bond movie I saw just because really? it was on TV a lot. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. And, and for a while there, like, James Bond was Pierce Brosnan. I didn't know that there was a, you know, as a child, I didn't know that there was a, a, a another Bond. I didn't know anything about Connery or Roger Moore. I just thought that these were new movies that were coming out and this was a new character completely. Um, right. So, yeah, it's kind of strange to like revisit this movie now and I'm like, oh yeah, this blows. I don't like it. <laughs> I, I don't care for it. Um, oh, it's a, to- it's a top five for me, but whatever. Wow. Yeah, I think it's great. I think it's, uh, man, I might like this one more than, oh boy, I, I definitely like it more than, I think, I think I like it more than Spy Who Loved Me. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I, I don't I do. feel that way at all. I think it's an excellent action movie. Yeah. I think I really, it's the only time I like Pierce Brosnan as Bond. Um, I like Sean Bean's villain, even though he doesn't make a lot of sense, but whatever, none of them do. Yeah. Um, I think he inhabits that role well with a decent amount of finesse. Um, and yeah, dude, it's just, it's another one of those entries that just feels like one of those iconic staples. And I enjoy the iconography a lot. And yeah, regardless as to how, uh, God, I don't know like where this falls. It's a, it's an interesting blend of like corny, but like serious, intense action, uh, and I don't mind it one little bit. I think the set pieces are fantastic. I, you know, and that's the other thing. This is one of those entries that's more of a set piece bond than it is like a substantive bond for sure. But that's okay. Sure. You know, there's there's plenty of those. And yeah, I'm I'm plenty cool with this one because the action scenes are fantastic. And the other in- interesting thing is that it's, it, uh, apart from Roger Moore, um, I actually buy Pierce Brosnan as this uh, uh, charming agent. I don't buy Roger Moore in that character at all. Uh, and yeah, Pierce Brosnan's always been someone who plays that balance well, who actually feels like he can hold a gun. Uh, yeah. And he, d- I like, I also like buy him physically in those moments much more than, you know, many of the guys that came before. And I guess that depends on what you're looking for out of your Bond film. If you want the more laid back chill guy that sits in a, sits in a chair and shoots somebody, you know, but if you want something a little bit more, yeah, this is where it's at. So, huh. Um, you know what the best Pierce Brosnan performance of all time is? The best? Yeah. Oh, God, I don't know. What do you have to say? Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, he's good in that. You know why? Why? Because that movie treats him as a guy that thinks he's James Bond, but isn't James Bond. Oh, is that what it does? I wouldn't you say so I mean isn't that sort of the fucking premise of that character is that like he drives a Mercedes around and like you know like the reason that that scene at the swimming pool works uh, the drive by fruiting scene works is because he thinks that he can fucking like get away with flirting with the hot waitress (laughs) when really he's just a fucking dweeb that uh, that Sally Field's gonna get over in two weeks Right. I mean, I, that that's sort of the, the thing about him is the best Piers Brosnan roles. I even consider Mamma Mia a, a, a similar kind of performance. The best Piers Brosnan roles are the ones that sort of deconstruct the sort of traditional British leading man. Um, mm-hmm. I think he works really well in comedic situations. He's a very I, funny guy. 
actually. He is he is funny. He is that it, yeah. he is a funny quirky guy. The problem is he is more handsome than anyone that has ever walked the face of the planet. <laughs> so it's it's tough. Like what do you do with that? It's really hard. I, some guys go completely in the opposite direction, right? Like um you know, Dustin Hoffman, uh you know, for example, um you know, could have been cast as the just like traditional action star and straight away from it. He's like, I, I did the graduate and I'm done and I'm just going to yeah. challenge myself. Pacino did that. Right. Um, you know, even weird comparison. Channing Tatum has done that. Like Channing mm-hmm. Tatum is, is chiseled. He's a, he's an Adonis, that guy. Yeah. Um, but I think his heart has always been in comedy and like, I wish Brosnan sort of did that, but here it's like, you're playing James Bond and like, you know there are some winks and some nods but it is still a traditional action movie and this is perhaps the most action of all of the movies that we're covering today oh yeah is it just Uh, is it a problem for you because he's that good looking is that it no his good lookingness is not the problem i think he's just kind of stiff i think in action movies he's really stiff um and and that's why he just he's never worked for me um, and also it's not entirely his fault. The movies hadn't figured out the tone quite yet. No. They hadn't figured out a way to modernize these movies. There's that scene of Judy Dench calling Brosnan a dinosaur. Like you're just like this misogynistic asshole and like you are a part of a dying breed. And like there is sure. some nod to the idea that we're going to modernize this character, but they never go all the way with it. You still have like the Famke Jansen uh, like sex scene, but also fight scene and like the, in the prison. Um, you know, it's like, okay, this is still like Connery in the barn with pussy galore, right? Like you, and you also have like these really corny lines, even by James Bond standards, like (laughs) the, the Bond girl in this is like, why are you so cold? Right? Like, why are you like so distant? And he's like, being cold keeps me alive. It's like really fucking come on, man. Like it's not, we know we get it. (laughs) Uh, it's not that it's not that bad. Are there any other standard operating procedures I need to know about talking about like Bond's dick? That's essentially what the innuendo is. And he's like, yeah, none that I pay any lip service to. And they start kissing like that's some <laughs> rubber lip shit right there. They didn't nail the tone yet. Like and I would I would argue against that because I would say this is the one that actually modernized them for the 90s anyway, because I don't think any of the other Brosnan ones are even remotely close to being as good as this one. Fair and they enough. sort of they definitely play into this tone specifically. They don't really revitalize Bond properly until we get to Daniel Craig, though, honestly. Right. No, that's what I mean. That's They're the kind thing. of in this middle ground where like they have the CGI. Yeah. This is the first CGI Bond movie, but they don't know quite how to use it. You see this a lot with 90s movies, too. There's the sequence at the beginning where James Bond is on a motorcycle, jumps off of a cliff, and then free falls into a moving airplane. Yes. And jumps into the plane without a parachute or anything. Just jumps right into it. And it's absurd. But, like, it's really big. It's meant for the big screen. That's not as good as The Spy Who Loved Me cliff dive it's not as good as the avalanche sequence in um, no it's not as good as the av- i would i would argue against the cliff dive and spy who loved me but the aval yeah the avalanche no 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 no. you're right about that you know so it's like this excess it's 90s excess without yeah. you know with, with still the 80s like corny roger moore humor um not the roger moore humor dude this isn't that stupid this isn't that lame at all not in my opinion 
Yeah, I don't know. I think it strikes that balance a little better than you're letting on. I think I think there's a roughness to the way they approach it that's just much more welcoming. Um, and yeah, I just I don't I'm not as bothered by the corniness in this movie, particularly at this point. By the way, with Bond, I mean it's not even close to the corniest Bond. Not when you've seen something like Moonraker, <laughs> then your then your 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 ex your, your standards rather are quite low. So I I don't know. I sort of shrug off half like the so-called so like corny issues with this one. They're not bothered by them whatsoever. Personally, you know, I, I'm here for the action in this one. And I'm here for honestly, Pierce Brosnan. I actually really like him in this particular movie. I agree with you later on. Like he's just kind of whatever. Um, I, he's OK in the world's not enough. But yeah, the other two are just kind of eh. I don't know. Particularly die another day. I don't know what they're doing in that one. But mm-hmm. this one, I think they got it right. So. Yeah, and I know this is yeah. I I know this is a beloved one, and I don't mean to rain on anybody's parade. Again, I'm a I'm a sort of outsider in the Bond game, so like I don't want to come in and ruin everybody's fun. But uh, yeah, part of it's the lead, part of it's the tone. I really like Famke Jansen in it. That's actually my favorite performance. She's entertaining. She's really fun as like this serial killer kind of like like yeah. psychopath character who just likes killing for the fun of it but also like she's like really sexy and it's like kind of alluring and yeah i i uh i dig that stuff um yeah, you might too. know famka jansen as phoenix from uh from the x-men movies mm-hmm. um and judy dench is a good m i mean that was a yeah, kind of is. a genius decision to cast her um i think she's a better m, yeah but... uh, what I think she's a better M than the original guy, personally. So. Oh, I agree. I agree, hundred yeah. percent. Uh, but eh, there's bad computer shit too. There's like, you know, like really like bad '90s graphics, like war game graphics. Nah, eh, whatever. I'm so used to it. It doesn't. It just doesn't bother me. I don't know. Yeah, th- this is this is the one that I would say is the most overrated. If I had to pick one, I, I would say that. Honor Majesty's Secret Service is the most underrated for me, and this is probably the most overrated. I, I don't think it's a bad movie. Um, and if I remember correctly, yes, this is the best Brosnan movie, certainly. Oh, um, it's by far the best Brosnan movie, though. That's the thing. Yeah, but this is an era that I think went on for too long. And they made four movies with him? Yeah, it's only, that's, the, that's what I'm saying. There's only four movies. I don't know. It's, yeah. he didn't, I, don't, I wouldn't say he overstayed his welcome, but, you know whatever i'll give him this i do i do prefer timothy dalton honestly so i do okay. yeah so i'll give i'll give you that one but i i do think this is the one where they struck the balance the best i actually yeah this is the thing like i i like the tone i think it's it, in a lot of ways it feels like a culmination of all the bonds that had came before and just kind of rolls it into this nice beautiful action extravaganza package so i'm okay with that you know i wouldn't want every bond movie to be like this but for for a one off and, Mar- and interestingly enough, Martin Campbell jump starting the franchise for the first time, and he'll go on and do it again. So that's a little crazy bit of history. That he did Casino, I know, right? So different. It's so, so different. different. Yeah, that's the other thing with these movies, and one of the reasons why it's like, you know, are, are we sure this is like, you know, fucking the like the. <laughs> like Shakespeare our modern Shakespeare you know like are, are we sure that these are really like they're the greatest call- movies of all time it, well I don't know they're they're treated a modern Shakespeare well they're treated as sort of like um like this sort of a prestigious sort of franchise it's like the blockbuster More for pres- the royals whereas really they're kind of just like cheap paperback movies there are really no auteurs 
behind the camera until Sam Mendes. Right? I mean, for the most part, these are just like studio guys that do a bunch of these movies. Like, Peter Hunt uh, only got to do one, and, you know, he was probably the most experimental uh, filmmaker, but like, Lewis Gilbert does a bunch. John Glenn does a bunch. Guy Hamilton yeah. does a bunch of them. And even yeah. when they make bad ones, they're just allowed to do more. Uh, it's kind of, it's crazy to me how it feels like the mechanism, the machine behind these yeah. movies, Eon Pictures or whatever, is, it feels like no director can get in the way of that churn. No. No, I agree with that. No, the, and that's the thing about these movies, that they are more part of that business than anything, which is, why I, I do agree with you there's not really any auteurs and we'll get to my feelings on skyfall uh yeah <laughs> is, is there a hot take on skyfall coming yeah there might be <laughs> wow yeah. should we do it should we get into it yeah let's like let's get into it skyfall Two thousand twelve. Directed by Sam Mendes. Mendes? I don't care. <laughs> Mendes. No, neither do I, frankly. Starring yeah. Daniel Craig, Javier Bardem, Naomi Harris, Ben Wishaw, Ray Fines, and once again Dame Judy Dench. Mm-hmm. Winner of Best Original Song and Best Sound Editing at the Academy Awards. It was also nominated for cinematography. Our boy Raj. Big Raj gets the nom there. Original score and sound mixing. James Bond's loyalty to M is tested when her past comes back to haunt her. When MI6 comes under attack, 007 must track down and destroy the threat, no matter how personal the cost. All right. Can I I just say this before you do your thing? I know you're going to do a thing. Okay. I know you like Casino Royale better. I, I understand it's your favorite Bond movie. Yeah, I know we didn't nominate it. And the only reason that we didn't nominate it is because we talked about it already when we recapped the year 2006. So we didn't put it on. And I'm sorry about that because it is obviously one of the six best Bond movies. And like, you know, you can go back and forth on which one's better. I, I Between Skyfall and Casino Royale, I happen to think Skyfall. You happen to think Casino Royale. That's all right. I accept <laughs> your opinion. And listen... If you want to fucking break the rules when we're done and you want to put a movie in the Hall of Fame that wasn't nominated, like we, we could put it in. But just don't fucking bash Skyfall because you think Casino Royale is better. That's all I'm asking. Don't put it in. Don't don't like draw this false dichotomy because I'm not I'm not making you choose Coke or Pepsi here, my dude. Like I, I'm I love Casino Royale as well. I think it's a great movie. That's a great movie. I think when we talked about the year 2006, I suggested putting it in the movie Hall of Fame to represent yeah. that year. That's how much I love that movie. It's really fucking good. So if you're going to spit out some hot takes, go for it. But just <laughs> don't do it because you like Casino Royale better. That's all. <laughs> no, I I think Skyfall's awesome. I think it's a very good movie. Okay. Um it is 
so clearly one of those instances though and i hate to be that guy where it's like the cinematography is elevating the direction um i it doesn't transcend bond it's not one of those movies it is a bond film and it's just like when you look at when you look at it for what it is um that's all it is and in many ways it's sort of a cheeky bond film and it's sort of trying to go back to what made bond bond and it can be a little eye rolly. It's not always seamless. It's like, okay, they're really doing that again. And they're really doing that again. It doesn't have the same emotional weight to it as some of the other ones. Frankly, there is a setup with Bond and his childhood. And I think it's very half baked personally. I, I, agree I like that. that. It's, I agree with that. I like it's there, but like when they get, there's no like exploration or interrogation of it. It just feels like the initial setup for the character. And then they just completely dispose of it for what is essentially a chase movie for a, a large portion of it. And that's fine. Like it's a very compelling chase film with a lot of like great action. And I really like that relationship with Bond and M. That's the best thing about the movie for me. That, and that's Aside what I was sort of hinting at before. Like I think like that interpersonal relationship and that ending really elevates it. I'm not sure about the ending as opposed to something like Casino Royale, which is what I have to compare it to, where I talk about the pathos of the character. I don't think any Bond film has come even remotely close to dealing with Bond as well as Casino Royale has or painting him in such an interesting way or giving him as much range, you know, to make him feel so believable, but to give you a really great illustration of how he spirals into what bond is and emphasizing that it is not a rise it is a fall i love that about the character so 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 much and i feel for him deeply and it's strangely a tragic ending for him to be i mean it's not a tragic ending but there is something tragic about him becoming the bond that we know and love uh and i just think it's an infinitely more interesting film for that reason um and here like yeah i i like what they're doing with um m m and bond I don't know if it carries the entire film for me all the way through, though. It's good. It's I don't want to you know deny it that, but I mean, the like I I I still walk away from this movie more. I don't I don't know a little more moved by uh, Javier Bardem than maybe anything in this movie. So I uh, agree yeah. with that. So put a pin in that for a second. M is basically the Bond girl in this. Yeah, which is interesting. Which I think is, yeah, awesome. Um, your mileage may vary on that final sequence. It, it's, it's been good. joked it's many times that it's home alone with James Bond, right? He goes back to his childhood home and sets booby traps for the bad guys. Uh, I think it works. Um, and I, I do think like the the M dying um, is, is a real gut punch. Uh, you know, I love her performance. Uh, she's great in all of these movies and like... Yeah, I, like similar to the Felix thing that like we were talking about Felix before, like these characters sort of come and go, but they in these movies generally they feel like comic book characters that can sort of be retconned and like yeah. they can die and come back to life. And like the, and the Marvel movies feel that way, but because they're comic book movies, right? The 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 uh, the non serialization of uh, the sort of procedural nature of these movies make it so no one character's loss is ever felt. And many times they, they're just kept around for years and years and years mm-hmm. because they're yeah. just there. They're part of the, the wallpaper, right? Uh, so, yeah, I, I think these movies, the, the Craig movies have been criticized for their serialization at times. You know, they, sure. they, they've sort of added a weightiness to this material that doesn't necessarily mm. need to be there. 
particularly with Spectre. Spectre, that, that was one of the main oh, yeah. criticisms, is that does Blofeld really have to be like his long lost stepbrother? Like, really? Oh, it just didn't work. And it's, who cares? We don't care. We don't care about that at all. But this MCUification of it all, this idea that yeah. everything needs to tie back together, everything has to have a meaning, everything needs to be rooted in some backstory, some exposition. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think it always works. I think here it does work. I think like her loss is felt and I felt the loss yeah. because I've, I've seen her in seven movies before this, right? Um, so that, love that part. Um, yeah, I, I see what you mean. So you're talking about the Eva Green aspects of, of Casino Royale like that hits you more than anything going on in this movie. Oh my God. I think it's like low key sort of brilliant <laughs> with how they use that character to basically beat Bond. It's so unexpected and it's just, I, I don't know. I just, I didn't, when I saw it and even when I rewatch it, it still in a way sort of catches me off guard because not only do you buy their relationship, but you also love her. So you feel equally as betrayed. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it, it's a much more emotionally affecting moment. And I think part of the thing here, I do. Here's the thing. I do really like Skyfall. I don't want to sell this. I do. I think it's an awesome action movie with some gorgeous cinematography. No one's a weak link. But if I'm just if I have to compare it, because that's what we're doing. I, I'm, I'm just not emotionally there. And for the M thing, even though I am affected when she dies there, it is a little cut short by the fact that they literally replace the character five minutes later. Okay. Yeah. And you they replace I mean? her with Frank. I like Ray Fiennes just fine, but. Uh, kind of the most boring choice you could have chosen for M. It's fine. Right. But yeah, you know what I mean? It, it's like, come on, guy. Like, it would have been nice if we had, like, sat with that. And then the, the next movie, they had maybe brought in Ray Fiennes as, like, a nobody. And then he proves himself to be a worthy M. That would have been cool. But they don't. Yeah, there is. That is another sort of comic book aspect of it, right? This idea that you need to set up the next movie. And um, the money penny. I, do you call it a twist, a reveal? What do you call it? the fact that this character has been Money Penny the whole time, and then they reveal it at the end, like you know jo- Joseph Gordon-Levitt at the end of Dark Knight Rises? That's just another it's, comic book thing that it didn't need. Like Money Penny is a gr- great character, <laughs> iconic character, I guess, but she's not fucking Batman. You know what I mean? Like we we don't need. Like I'm not like holy shit. Like my jaw didn't hit the floor when they revealed that this chick was Money Penny the whole time. Okay. Well, well, first of all, it, it's better than the fucking Dark Knight Rises because it actually makes sense. Fair enough. <laughs> but it's the thing that I like about it, it. Yes, it's a twist. It's absolutely a twist. Did we need it? No, we didn't need it like that. I mean, Money Money Penny's the secretary. She just sits, right. That's you know, what I mean. It's it didn't it's like, like reshape the entire way that we're viewing this movie now. It's not fucking it's, the the usual suspects <laughs> ending. No. <laughs> You know what I mean? Money Penny's the devil. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> My name's Kaiser Soze. My name's Money Penny. Oh God, that's an interesting <laughs> movie. No, I think I think it's cute. I think they play it well, and you know, I, I remember seeing it in the theater, and everyone loved it. And you know, when I saw it, I was like, oh, that's 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 adorable. It, but it didn't like blow my mind. So if that's what mm. they were going for. Anyway. Years 2012, I see this movie it came out, what, like December, or November 2012 or whatever. I saw it in high school, saw it on like the biggest screen possible. I think I saw it in IMAX now that I'm thinking about it. Wow. And it's Deacon's cinematography. And I remember just being blown away by the look of it. And I remember mm. every Gorgeous. friend that I saw it with just adoring it. Like we just were fucking, we were just amped coming out of this movie, right? But we were in high school and, you know, like Bond movies had the potential to do that to us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like, holy, you know, it's like we had just seen fucking, uh, fucking Apocalypse Now for the first time. Uh, 
<laughs> but but you know, it, it's funny. I've I've seen the movie in bits and pieces on cable since. I've never rewatched it all the way through. Mm. I have rewatched Casino Royale through. Um, Me too. And I've also watched it on TV a lot, and I've watched that poker sequence a lot. Ah, oh, and this is. So I, I just think so Casino Royale is undeniably more rewatchable than this one. Yes, and I don't know I do necessarily too. if that means that it's better. Maybe it does. Um, I mean, it's definitely not as pretty. I mean, this one is just like no. Deacons is on another level here. Um, and I'm not. I mean, uh, Mads Mickelson is is unbelievable in it. But Javier fucking it, it, it's actually become an underrated performance at this point. Like it's an incredible performance in this. I do agree. And like at every scene that he's in, the movie is singing as high as it can. And it's absolutely beautiful. I mean, that that what a great way to reveal that character too. the and single like take that, that single take that where he's just walking slowly towards the camera monologuing. And it's very theatrical. But God, does it work? Just this sense of this really dangerous thing, like 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 mysteriously dangerous thing coming straight for, towards you in this case, literally. But oh, and it's all it. POV. I, it is. The yeah. camera doesn't move. Well, I think it's well, you're right about that. Yeah, it doesn't move at all. It's over it's 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 over the shoulder from Daniel Craig and we're just sitting there with him okay. like who the fuck are you? <laughs> and then when he gets there it's like, "Oh my god, what is this thing?" And he's like and you mentioned this before when we were doing the the year the the decade in review and just sort of the weird quirks that Javier Bardem goes for, like the subtly gay qualities are not when exactly what I James expected. Leg. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, and I love how Bond like, like retorts that where, where, what does he say? He's like, what makes you think I haven't done this already? Right. <laughs> but their back and forth is great where he's like, oh, Mr. Bond. Yeah. <laughs> they, this is the thing about like a really great Bond film is that the chemistry between the villain is very important. And this is I, th- th- one of the, the better things about this movie too, is that like that chemistry is fantastic and it's better than, maybe any other Daniel Craig bond. So it gets overshadowed by Anton Shakur. I think, I think like Javier is yeah. so known by that performance that we kind of forget that he's incredible in this. Um, he is. He's very you know, good. You know, it, it might've been like a Heath Ledger esque turn had Anton Shakur not come before. Um, That's a like, good point. Yeah. You know, it, it could have been like one of those, Oh my God, who is this dude? Um, but we mm-hmm. had seen him already play like a guy with a funny haircut. Um, and yeah. so, so and that's you, you know one of the great villains that cinema has ever given us. So, yeah, I mean all that stuff on the island with him, and just when he takes out his teeth, it just fucking rules. Oh, it's, so it's, good, so good, it's so so good. so 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 good. Um, but yeah, it's it's a little slower than Casino Royale. It's a little yes. more art house than Casino Royale. And yeah, I think for that reason, it's a, it is less rewatchable. I, it, it's undeniable. Like. Uh, in preparation for this, I didn't feel the need to go back and watch it again. And I think that's telling, you know, well, it doesn't make it. OK, because you sometimes come down on movies with this. You have difficulty with some art house films. Yeah. <laughs> it happens. Yeah, No, it doesn't I like make, watching movies on cable. Sue me. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It doesn't. That's that's not the problem with the movie. I just think, you know, if we're talking about the thing I love about art house films is that they are rich and dense and rewarding and you can go back and rewatch them and discover a thousand new things. And this has artistry, a lot of artistry behind the, the behind the camera with just the general craftsmanship. But it's not like I wouldn't call it an art house film. It's a fucking Bond film. No, but, obviously uh, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I know what you mean. But my point is that like there is a, a, 
I don't know what it is. There is just a, something lacking there, like in terms of the the emotional core or the pathos, whatever you want to call it. I, just, I don't know what. It, and again, it is present in Casino Royale, and it's mostly through the Bond character, and I love it. But this is, you know, it, it could just be that, that the fact that I'm not as attached to Bond in this as I am in that first movie, and he is so much the core of that first movie. So mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. But, it, but and like I keep saying, I don't want. I I really don't want to make it sound like I don't like this film because it's maybe it, it's in my top ten, maybe even my top five Bond films. Possibly. It's my favorite. I, uh, do it's I sound like good. I'm bashing it? It's my favorite Bond movie. It's, yeah, it's very, it's very good. I do think it's an awesome action movie, and I do think as far as like like the stuff behind the camera is is maybe the technically it, it, that's what I'll say from a technical perspective maybe the best Bond film. Yeah, you think it I'll rings give, a little hollow at times. At times, sure. Which yeah, I, I it's like I don't think I buy it uh, at the end, but I I understand what you no. mean. At the end, well, again, I do like it when M dies, but it's you know, it's not for me, not as strong as what we get with Vespa when she drowns, mm-hmm. and how just like there's a, that beautiful tenderness when she kisses his hand, and then we literally watch her die, and it's just like, oh, it's 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 horrible, mm-hmm. and we're right there with him, and it's just helpless. I love it. I love it so much. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, the other thing I will say about the action is as great as it is in this. I don't know if it's as good as that first chase in Casino Royale. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. The, the opening in Casino Royale is really good. Yeah, yeah. That's what. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Where he's the, you know, where the the snake fight. Yeah. You know, where he's chasing after the guy in that really hot area. You know, and it's a, it's crazy. You know, it's the chase. They're like on, on a foot. construction site. Yeah. Yeah. I love yeah. it so much. It also it, Casino Royale also has the most creative uh, gun barrel sequence by far. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm with you. Better song in this one, though. All right. Whatever. Better song. Right. It's fine. You're probably. Yeah. I, I'm not even going to argue it. You're probably right. But yeah. Yeah. I, no. I, I, that's huge. Remember how big yeah, that song was. was? Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was enormous. I and do that was like, like the a song. Year, yeah. That was like a year after the. Uh, 21 Adele's 21 came out is that so right like it was it was Adele season like it, it wow. the Adele songs were everywhere like rolling in the deep was like the biggest song on the radio when Skyfall came out it is it is such a it this the thing is that that song feels like the most important song ever when you first hear it too yeah it just like adds a, a certain depth and awe to bond that wasn't quite there before you know so I agree with you there you know I do you know you know me I have my soft spot for Chris Cornell but you're probably right Uh, All right, that is uh, Skyfall. Kind of interesting. Maybe it's not my favorite after this. Maybe you convinced me. Really? No, I don't. I I hate doing that. I came into it. I'm like, yeah, Skyfall. It's like one of the transcendent movie going experiences of my life. I loved it. I loved that movie when I saw it. I didn't convince you, did I? I don't like doing that. It makes me feel bad. No, did I? No, you didn't. I love it. Okay. Okay, good. No, it. you should. I love it too. <laughs> uh, all right. Okay. So, what do you want to do about this here? We got six movies: uh, Goldfinger, On Her Majesty's Secret Service, The Spy Who Loved Me, License to Kill, Golden Eye, Skyfall. Those are our six. I think that if you want to put Casino Royale in, you're allowed to do that, but you should have to burn one of your vetoes. Oh, because I, I, I was, I'm willing to do that. Yeah. And the only reason I'm willing to do that is because I know I'm going to win this bet. 
I know I'm winning the bet. Just for the sake of the pot, just for like the <laughs> sanctity of the rules here, just procedurally, I, I think a veto, but this actually does bring up an interesting question. If you use a veto, could you put any movie in that matches that category? What do you, what do you mean? What do you so mean? So like if we're talking about, um, I don't know, uh, well, let's say the films of 1966. Okay. And we nominate five movies and my favorite movie of the year was not nominated. Can I just veto and pick another movie from 1966? Uh, I, I feel like I've done that before. Have I you? feel like we must, I feel like we must have done that. I don't know. I, I'd have to go back through the records and see, but I feel like that's something we've definitely done before. It's, this is closer. At least we've talked about Casino Royale though. Maybe that's right. the precedent. Right. We have to have talked about it and you know, it feels unfair, you know. So, mm. I do like. I do really like Skyfall. Don't get me wrong. Especially the the the, the China scene where they're going into the, with the boats and the those beautiful China globes. And it's just, uh those lamps are fantastic. The cinema. I keep coming back to it though. Like for me, it, the cinematography boasts the film up significantly. I don't think. If, I think if you don't have Deacons in that movie, it's not even half as good. But I don't know. Maybe that. Maybe yeah, that's a little that's, extreme. Yeah, that's Deacons. I don't know. What do you want? What do you want from the guy? It's not his fault. He's the greatest cinematographer of the last thirty years. That is fucking. That's fault. a good point. Come on. Yeah, maybe that's a little harsh. Like I said, but yeah. Sky, it's Casino Royale. I, after rewatching, even Goldfinger, I'm like, no, it's no Goldfinger's not as mo- good. No, I'm telling you, no, for me, not. Casino Royale and Skyfall are significantly better than the other ones on this list. Like I, I like spy who loved me a lot. I like on her Majesty's secret service a lot. Um, yeah. it, I like Goldfinger a lot. It is me too. Like this, but this is how franchise filmmaking should progress. Like mm-hmm. this is what should be happening, right? Like we should have something in the sixties and seventies that wasn't quite there. Like it was a cultural artifact and like it did well, but it's not exactly like the paragon of filmmaking of Hollywood's golden age or whatever. And then eventually with the technology and the sensibilities and the benefit of of hindsight that we make previously good movies, great movies. It shouldn't be fucking (laughs) the greatest Star Wars movie came out 40 fucking years ago and every Star Wars movie since then has been chasing the high of that movie. Yep. That's just the wrong way to do it, right? Like we have all this technology, we have CGI, we have the ability to hire Roger Deakins to shoot your movie. And it's like a new Halloween movie's coming out, right? Like, they're just going to yeah. just remake John Carpenter's movie again. You know? And it's yeah. like, he made that movie yeah. for what? A, like, half a million dollars? I think it was 300 million. T- no, no, no. He made it for 300,000 dollars. Yeah. We have the ability to make a better Halloween movie now, and we're just not doing it. And fuck, you can't get better than that first Halloween I mean, movie. Fair enough. Bad you can't example. get better. Bad example. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like we shouldn't. I, I always say this: don't remake good movies. Remake bad ones. Yes. These, these the original Bond, like those ones that the ones that we talked about are not bad movies. They're but not. I, no. yes, I, I know what you mean I, in terms of refining the craft to get to this nice high point. And the other thing I will say, I guess my final note. I mean, I've said my piece with Skyfall versus Casino Royale. Casino Royale is actually based off of a, an original James Bond novel. I get novel. it. I get it. So okay. there's that. And this one's based on Home Alone. Yes. So Which is better, honestly. Yeah, fuck it, man. <laughs> I'll burn my veto because then I have one. And this is, I think, put it this way. I would feel worse about like just picking any random film from a year, you know, where it just feels like, like no context whatsoever. At least this makes sense. 
Okay. You know? So. Then we'll do it. Yeah, I I am. <laughs> there it is. Sorry. I, I, I do think it's the best Bond film. I really do think Casino Royale is the best, yeah. Uh, all right then, Casino Royale, welcome to the Movie Hall of Fame. History has been made on this podcast, Adam. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Putting in a movie that wasn't nominated. <laughs> a write-in candidate. Can you imagine that? That would be the best Oscars ever. Oh, be great. <laughs> imagine. Oh, my God. Yeah. It could it'd, also it'd go south, It'd be the greatest though. election ever, too. Like, it'd be nice if, you know, one of the two guys... That were nominated didn't fucking win. Like Kanye? If Kanye just won the presidency? Yeah, it'd be nice. It'd be nice. But could you, here's the other thing. On the other end of that coin, could you imagine uh, the year of Green Book? Green Book isn't even nominated and it's a write in and it wins. <laughs> yeah, that would, Ooh. that exactly is how, yeah, that's how it would go. That's fucked up. Fucking Green Book, dude. <laughs> you remember that one? <laughs> Barely. <laughs> yeah, Barely, exactly. it feels like a haze. It's like a, uh, that part of my history. It's like it's there, but I'm only getting it in flashes. You're, you, we 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 blocked that one out. I think. Remember how Mahershala Ali like won a bunch of awards for that, but he like seemed embarrassed to be in the movie. Everybody, it seems like everybody kind of was. Nah, except for not those. Vigo, not Vigo. Nah, that's true. Yeah, Vigo yeah. was in, but Mahershala Ali like every fucking award show. Like he's like, yeah, this was cool. I guess. <laughs> you think he's pawned off his Oscar? Catch me in the Barry Jenkins movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, that was a weird one. That was a weird it was. one. Very weird one. Uh, all right. So there we go. Enjoy No Time to Die. Uh, I'm sure we will have seen it by uh, next week. Um, we have a very busy October coming. Yes. My question was, do we want to make it easy for ourselves and just review movies like the next pod we do two weeks from now we review No Time to Die and then after that we do Halloween and then after that we do Dune. I'd love to. Um, I hesitate to bring up the fact that a Wes Anderson podcast was batted about. Yeah, that's a lot. We could and try. So listen, I if you're giving me a get out of jail free card, I will gladly take it. When does it come out? It comes out in two weeks. Because if it comes out the same time as Dune, then we're not. We're no, I believe it comes out the week before Dune. Okay. Ah, oh, boy. And listen, if you, if you and Jabril will let me do it, like, yeah, obviously, fucking whatever. This is the problem. I'll talk me. Venom, are... let there be carnage with you. I don't give a shit. Uh, Let's no, talk Venom. You, you want to talk? You Have you even seen the first one? No, I haven't seen it yet. I got to catch yeah, up this un- week. It's ungood is all I'll say. Ungood. Um, Damn, that's tough. That's do, tough. Do what you want. This is your month, okay? This is a very important month <laughs> It for is you. my month. There's a lot it of stuff coming month. out this month that you're very excited, I know. Um, I so, yeah. Um, but did you, I was told that I had to do a Wes Anderson podcast. We will, though. Eventually, you, you know we will. Just be honest. You know we are going to do a Wes I Anderson would, pod at some point. I would not like to. But it's happening. It okay. Just deal. Just deal with it. It's going to happen. All right. Listen. You you risk alienating our only listener, Jibril. Oh my god. You risk. <laughs> you risk these numbers dropping from one to zero. You're talking about Jibril. Yeah, Jibril's told reserve the spot in July. 
You're, he did. Oh, yeah. He was know. like, we're doing a West podcast in October when Graham, when not Graham, when French Dispatch comes out. That is a good point. Yeah. All right. Well, Listen, we, uh, I don't know if we want to honor our commitments. I don't give a shit. I'll back out. What do I care? I mean, well, he'll be listening to this pod and we'll discuss. <laughs> okay. He's in the loop. He'll let yes, know. listeners. Jabril has special privileges that most of you do not. <laughs> Wait a minute. We've made it very clear. If you tell us review something, which this has happened before. No, it just seems like no one ever does. Like, let, tell us what we should review. I'll review censor. I don't give a shit. No, people have review censor. People have cashed in on that because we've gotten emails or, you know. We have a few. Few yeah. and far between. If you request something, we'll do it. Yeah, I'd, I'd love, I would love recommendations, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. So. Uh, all right, so maybe a West podcast coming in two weeks. Um, maybe we'll just talk uh, <laughs> No Time to Die. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I don't see another category happening this month. Okay. I think we have. Well, I think we have well, there is going to be a Dune show. What what day is Dune coming out? Uh, uh, October twenty second. So we got a little while. Okay, so that is in four weeks. Three weeks or four? Uh, oh, I think three, it's three. Well, weeks. three weeks. But by the time, I mean, we're not going to be able to review it till the following week. You see what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to see it the day it comes out, of course. But. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that that Nichols would that would theoretically it. be the show the next cycle. Yes. So we, that's a good point too. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We owe him one show in between now and Dune is my point. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Uh and maybe we have him on for Macbeth. <laughs> well, Macbeth is in December. Yes, I know. Um and then uh Yeah, unless you want to talk some carnage in between now and then. Unless you want uh, unless you want to let there be carnage on this pod. <laughs> I'll only do it if it's available on HBO Max and I can just pay for it through you. It's definitely not. All right, go to a theater not, for that bad boy. I am not seeing that one. Go Sorry, pay money for that shit. Did you see the reviews for Macbeth? By the way, I did. I've I've, I've seen all sorts of reviews this week. Um, yeah, it's great. Yeah, it turns out critics like a Joel Cohen movie. Oh, really? Who would have yeah. thought? Yeah, that's kind of weird. Who would have thought? I'm not. I don't get it. I'm more of a Neil Blomkamp kind of guy. Oh, oh! Did you see uh, the the uh, the licorice pizza trailer? No, no, I never actually like. So I think you sent it to me, and Jabril sent it to me. I didn't watch it. <laughs> you didn't watch it? No, not yet. I'll oh, watch it's it. such Nico porn. It's obscene. Oh God, it's no. obscene. It's dude. It's like yeah, you're gonna vomit. It's yeah. there's a lot of Nico porn coming out. For me, it's like lots. Like, too much Nico porn. Like like the Dune trailers are like I can't contain myself. So I only need the one movie. But you've got like Jesus Christ, you're being spoiled. I, I don't am, like it. I, am, I don't dude. like it at all. <laughs> dude, licorice pizza, fucking, they got Bowie playing underneath and like fucking. <laughs> That's right. I did hear about that. <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman's son is falling in love with the lead singer of Haim. And I'm like, what is going on here? Oh, dude, no. Paul Thomas Anderson said, get out of my head. I, I've seen it called Boogie Days online. And I just think <laughs> that is the best thing. Oh, no. Fucking right. John yeah. C. Riley's back. Tom Waits is in this movie. Benny Safdie's in the movie. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. PTA. What is he doing in the movie? I that don't know. Weird. Whatever it is. All right. Whatever, all I right. mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see it. I'm probably gonna love it. I hope I love it. Oh, I was gonna review some. Uh, we're over two hours already. Do we keep going here? What did you see? Was there anything you wanted to shout out that I watched yeah. recently? Yeah. Not really. Okay. Uh, I saw uh, the Voyeurs on Amazon. 
It's an erotic thriller, which is very rare these days. Um, it's it, the problem is that it's not very sexy. So it's like an erotic mm-hmm. thriller, but like the sex isn't like really like. I mean, it's explicit. There's like boobs in the movie and stuff, but it's like uh, kind of like glossy and weird. Um, but like, I kind of wish there were like five of these movies a year. It's so fucking stupid in the way that like erotic <laughs> thrillers are allowed to be stupid and they just okay. don't make them anymore. It's a movie that really goes for it. I think it's really interesting. I, I don't think it's good. Um, <laughs> okay. But like it's super entertaining. People, are, we're going to talk about Malignant on why is this a thing later this week. I kind of think it's my Malignant this voyeurs movie oh how is that even possible because it feels like people are liking it ironically and they just like kind of like the spectacle of it all and that's kind of the the role that the voyeurs is played like i i i don't know like people are into like cronenbergian body horror and like weird like italian like (laughs) horror stuff and i don't know i'm just into like hot people showing their tits that's just my opinion uh you bro you really are a meathead, you know that. It's good. I'm the Voyeurs into- is good. I recommend it. All right. Uh, you know what? I, I recommend Malignant, honestly. <laughs> I really honestly do. Exactly. <laughs> if you want to understand Adam and I's friendship, just watch those two movies back to back. I think they came out the same day. <laughs> Did they? I think wow. so. One's on Amazon, one's on, on HBO Max. It just Dude, I, I can't fucking wait to talk to Malignant. <laughs> There's your double bill. I saw a movie called Worth, uh, starring Michael Keaton on Netflix and also Stanley Tucci. It's based on a true story. It's about um, a law firm that had to negotiate settlements for uh, the families of 9-11 victims. Uh, It is very process-oriented. There's a lot Mm. of paperwork in this movie. Uh, That sounds like your thing, though. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It, it maybe a bridge too far, even for me. Just a lot of uh, fucking paperwork. Tucci's great. Okay, I love Tucci when and is, everything. Well, I was gonna say, when is he not great? Yeah, Actually, good movie. Good movie. I, I just yeah, lots of paperwork. Uh, and uh, I saw Stillwater. Finally. Oh, st- oh my God, Stillwater. Yes. Jeez, how how was that? Damon playing yeah. a Trump supporter. <laughs> Okay. Um, I mean, I, I think like three quarters of the movie are like brilliant. <laughs> and, and I think the ending's really fucking bad. Really? And I don't know. I don't know if it even matters because I really liked the movie. Um, I actually okay. think like it's get it's 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 getting really underrated because the third act is so horrible. Um, and they okay. just like it. The, the movie gets taken to this whole other extreme. Um, but like Damon's really good in it. He's really yeah. good. Tom McCarthy directs, uh, you know, of course he did Spotlight, Station Agent, all these all these good, like really understated movies. Um, like a, a truly surprising movie in that it goes in a lot of different directions that you don't expect. It, like it starts as one thing and then it becomes a totally different movie in the second act and then it becomes a totally different thing in the third act. But that mm-hmm. thing in the third act just doesn't match with the other two. Um, oh, wow. Okay. But... I think you'll like it. I actually think you'll really like it. It's long. I mean, you have to commit to it. Like it, it's a real like vibe movie. It's like a real like human condition kind of movie. Um, I mean, I, I, you know, you know, my, my feelings in Blade Runner 2049. We want a mood human condition film. Yeah. It's not Blade Runner 2049. Let's be clear. Uh, okay. But it's. Uh, Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that. 
All right. I recommend. I really do recommend. If 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 only for the Matt Damon performance, which is I just think excellent across the board. Okay. Um, yeah. No. Stop sleeping on that movie. Stop it. Everybody's got to stick Still- up their ass about Stillwater. Stillwater's good. Okay. All right. A lot Stillwater's of long movies good. coming out. Got a lot, lot of long movies coming out. You know how long No Time to Die is? I don't want to know. All right, you might want to. It might, might make it easier to go into the movie. Yeah, I was shocked. Plan my evening. What is it? It is two hours and 43 minutes. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yep. What are we doing? I know. What are we doing here, people? I like I, I, I that, to relate back to Blade Runner. I want that out of my heady science fiction films. I don't need that out of my James Bond films. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. What are we doing? I don't know. I don't know. The kind of bothered long me. movie. The age of the long movie, man. It's mm, but this is what bothers me. There's so many great long fucking movies, but yet the right movies need to be that length. You know what I mean? Yeah. And James yeah. Bond is not one of those movies. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. All right. That, that'll do it. Uh, James Bond. Uh, this was fun. Thank you, Adam. Oh, of course. I had a, good, a great time. Always a great time. Always a great time. Uh, yeah. All right. Next week, whatever we're doing, we're doing something. Love you. Yep. Uh, un- until then. The name's Steely. Dan Steely. Dan Steely.